Not the one where he yells Khan. Not the one about whales. I guess this is the one where Christopher Lloyd strangles a giant worm snake, right? That's the most iconic scene. Jamie? Yeah. Dice K? Yeah. Let's go watch Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Welcome to another episode of Good Times Great Movies. We're an 80s movie podcast where every other week we watch a different movie from the 80s and then we talk about it. I'm one of your two hosts. My name is Doug McCambridge and with me, as always, doing some weird like sensual two finger dance. Not sure. What's yeah, happening. just with my yeah, hand. Okay, just on my hand. Just massage. Hand massage. It's like a Vulcan hand massage. Is that because your blood's boiling or something? Because you turned seven? It's because I'm going through my changes. I'm going through my changes okay. in a rapid way. In a rapid it's, way. It's uh, Jamie Lorello. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing great. great. I'm doing great. Yeah. And as you may know, as a regular listener, it's not just the two of us because we're no. doing our summer of sidekicks. That's right. And it comes to a close. I can't believe it. Apparently, after today, we're never having anyone on the show again because <laughs> we're done with this. <laughs> No, but we are uh, late August, which kind of means it's the end of the summer. Not really. Summer goes into September, but we don't acknowledge that. We don't. We don't. Because yeah. we're all prepping for fall by then. But yeah. we are here with Dice K. Beppu. Dice K., thank you so much for coming on. Yes, we really appreciate you being here. No, no, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for for uh, having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, if listeners don't know... Uh, we were on your YouTube channel. You sort of mm -hmm. you talked to us for an hour plus a while ago. We put it up on our Patreon. I don't think we put it out there to regular regular listeners, but we did let people know to sort of check that episode out. And it was so much fun. And I've talked to you on other podcasts as well. And I am not saying, because this is no dig at our other guests that we've had, I'm not saying that we did this just so we could have you on. <laughs> we decided to take an entire summer and to have a bunch of other people on just so we can have you on, but there's a chance that that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 That's, I'm, uh, I'm very honored. I didn't, uh, you know, the, the summer of, what is summer of sidekicks. Uh -huh. So yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I know I'm in very, very good company. So I, I will try not to disappoint. No, that's that's fine. It sounds strange now that I say it, in that we just couldn't ask you to come up for an episode. Like we had to retro. We had to present things. this whole sidekick thing and hope that you were like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very honored. Thank you so much, really, and uh, uh, and uh, just uh, to talk with the two of you once again uh, was uh, it's it's a real. And I'm looking forward to. It. I had such a great time last time. That's and so. Uh, no, this I'm, is this is going to be a continuation of that. And I I don't uh, want to uh, embarrass you, or I don't want to embarrass Jamie by this. But after we talked to you, and after you talked in length 
about Police Academy 2. The moment we hung up, Jamie was like, we got to have that guy on our show at some point. Yeah. We need him yeah. to come on and talk about something. Yeah. Yeah. Your energy, your vibe, your our con- the conversation, we just it just felt right. So we made yep. a whole summer of sidekicks just to have you as the sidekick. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, good. I'm so oh god, goodness! We we no should have pressure, been sleeping about police, police academy too. I I've I've never, I've never uh, not to say I, I'm going to now, but I, yeah. I've never done my Bobcat Goldthwait impression. So, uh, so oh. I, I, maybe I should save it for, you for have uh, a, a, a next Goldplay occasion impression? when we can talk about uh, Pop Police Academy too. Yeah, yeah. So I've been working on oh. my Bobcat Goldthwait impression. So it's it's terrible, but uh, oh, never, but, never uh, Bobcat himself. I mean, you've yeah. seen Hot to Trot, then, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, One Crazy Summer. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. Uh, and uh, oh no, not the chili. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So, uh, but but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting, I'm sorry. This is what happens when I I, uh, I get invited no, I, to an 80s movie no, podcast. It's this just is the great. 80s vibe just goes on. Yeah, sorry, I apologize. I <laughs> never like apologize. We might at some point, and I say we, but I mean Jamie. You guys might just have to come on and do a Police Academy episode, just the two of you, and just do them both as Bobcat Goldthwait talking to each other. Because <laughs> Dice K, you say that you you don't want to do the impression. It's fine. Jamie's done it many times on this show, <laughs> mostly in movies where he doesn't even appear. She's just talking about him. I'm a big fan of Bobcat. I just am. Oh, and Doug, was when you said that uh, Jamie and I should do it. Was that your your way of? Oh, that's my out. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a little <laughs> okay. break. Then you guys can do it. Just send me the audio files. I'll put it together. <laughs> but I do oh, okay. feel. I mean, we only do have you. When I put this out to you and I said, "Hey, we're doing this. What movie do you want to talk about?" You were really on the fence. You basically yeah. said to me, "You were like, I either want to talk about Star Trek." Or Police Academy. I'm not sure. Just pick. So I just chose this only because we did two a year ago. So I was like, all right, we'll do three okay. now. But I do think, and if you're up for it, I'm not I'm not putting your feet to the fire here. Anytime we cover a Star Trek or a Police Academy, can you please come on? Oh, I'm I would be honored. Okay, Thank great. you. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Fantastic. You'll be our expert, our police academy slash Star Trek expert. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we'll thank you very you. much. Thank you. Yes, no, I, I love, I love both series, uh, very much. So, so thank so you very this, much for that. Is this then your favorite in the Star Trek series? Well, is that why it was it your choice? Hold on, sorry. Before we jump into that, one thing oh, that I sorry. never do is I never say what movie we're doing, even though people oh, have right. play <laughs> on their things. They know the movie, but Dice K, you chose. Well, you just chose Star Trek. So I got to pick because we did two ah. and we did four. So I didn't want to jump right to five. And I thought since we did two a year ago, let's go for three. So it's Star Trek three, the search for Spock from 84, I believe. Or do I have that wrong in my notes? No, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's 84, yeah. So why did you, not so much why did you <laughs> choose this but what is it about Star Trek that, that sort of connects with you as, and uh, is important to you? Oh, that's a really excellent question. Thank you so much. I think this is one of the earliest, earliest memories mm. I have of going to the movie theater. And I remember, so therefore this would have been maybe one of the earliest 
Star Trek memories mm -hmm. that I had as a kid. And so I was, what, born in 79. So if, it was, if this came out in 84, I would have been, what, five years old. Mm -hmm. and wow. so, but, I, but, but my mom took me to the theater. At least I remember her taking me to the theater. And I remember we were late going in. So mm -hmm. we were late, and it was already in that, in that, uh, that sepia black and white right. uh, beginning oh, there. Yeah. So, and, and the screen was so small. And I was thinking, why is the screen so small? And I didn't yeah, realize. what's happening? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> you were like, but, where's <laughs> Kirstie Alley? All I came yeah. here is for her. <laughs> She's nowhere to be seen. Yes, yes. Although this was the first one that I remember, so oh. I, I in my heart, am am a big supporter of Robin Curtis's sad. Okay. But, uh, but we we can get to that, I suppose. Sure. But I think the but I love Kirstie Alley as well. But this, I I remember therefore seeing three uh, before I had any kind of conception or or idea of two. So I just had the ceiling of what was going on. But mm. it was in that period where. You don't really remember exactly when you saw what first. Mm -hmm. it, it's all a kind of a mix, and so this is. I, I remember thinking, oh, I, ha I don't remember when I saw uh, the the films first. You know, I don't remember when I saw like when we're talking about Star Wars or something, Empire. So when did I see that first? I don't remember. So I don't mm -hmm. really remember when I saw Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. But I do know that I remember when I saw this. Star Trek Three, and so this was the first time I, uh, or one of the earliest memories of going to the theater. So this film, Star Trek Three, and therefore Star Trek, uh, in extension, is a very important film to me because it's one of the earliest memories of my of my movie theater childhood. So, wow, so, I love yeah. that. So this was not yeah. just an introduction to the Star Trek universe. I mean, this was an introduction to film in the theater for you which is huge as a kid yeah and I, i'm i don't want to say is that the reason you like star trek so much but i i assume since then you've caught up with the old series and maybe yeah. next generation and the movies and all of that <laughs> is there is there a cutoff point for you or is there a certain era that you're more interested in than others so uh, so then, yes, after that experience, I began to try to uh, watch as much Star Trek. But even at the time, we didn't have, what, like uh, DVDs or mm -hmm. Blu-ray sets like mm -hmm. we do now. So it, was, it wasn't, it uh, was uh, it was a little bit uh, trying to just watch Star Trek whenever it would be on TV. You'd have at the time reruns of the original. It was the it was the only series at the time, but it was mm -hmm. uh, you had the the, the the 60s show, and then you also had reruns of the uh, the animated series, and uh, and then at the time you could have the rentals of uh, uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture, and then the Wrath of uh, Star Trek to Wrath of Khan, and then later when this came out on VHS, it would be Star Trek The Search for Spock. So it was that cycle of rentals, I think, mm. of the films, plus watching the, the old uh, episodes uh, rerun on TV, including the animated series. And so, and then the, from there, of course, uh, when Star Trek IV came into the theater, it was a huge deal. And I remember the buzz, and I remember the excitement, and, and watching, I think, a Nickelodeon special on TV uh, building up to the sh uh, the release of Star Trek 4 and then and then from there it was it was uh, uh, I was uh, hooked for life as it were wow. ah 
Okay, that is that's something because our Jamie, I don't. Is your experience this podcast? Um, well, no, I mean, I've touched the outskirts of Star Trek. My family wasn't really Star Trek yeah. watchers, although we did. We took a family trip to Florida uh, in the late 90s, and we did a, a Universal Park. We made our own little Star Trek video. My whole family, this, these little Italians from New York, took a trip down to Florida, and they put us in. Like, I had Spock ears on. They put us in... Um, and in Star Trek costumes, and we were on the Enterprise, and we had lines we had to say. We all had to deliver these lines. It's this little VHS video that my family and I made at this some attraction at at uh, Universal. And my brother used to watch Star Trek a little more, but I didn't really get into it. So, um, but I did at the time get into acting, so I delivered lines as best I could, as best as I thought a Star Trek Enterprise <laughs> person would. But, you didn't um, model yourself off a particular actor or anything like no. that? No. <laughs> no, I think I was trying to do my best Marissa Tomei imitation <laughs> on the Enterprise because that's what I was into that at the time. But She could just <clears throat> slide right into it. It was wonderful. I was like, hello, everybody. Get buckle up. We're going to take off, which is exactly how we get ready for flights in the Enterprise. Anyway, um... Yeah, I, I know Star Trek, but it's not like until this podcast I really dived in head, dove in head first. My husband's a big Star Trek fan, so he was thrilled to be watching this with me. Oh, He's okay. thrilled about the other ones, so awesome. it's been around me. I've just never been in it. Yeah. That so makes sense. What I would say to listeners first is we did talk about Star Trek Two last year, and before that, we talked about Star Trek Four. For some reason, right. that's how we started. I think it was an Earth Day episode, right? It was an Earth Day because of the whales. Because yeah. of the whales. Okay, so, <laughs> so we had a bizarre entry period into, or an entry point into this series. So maybe go back and check it out, but why bother? You can listen to us here talk about this, and Dice K is way yeah. more fun than we are. So let's just, let's just <laughs> get into it. And <laughs> Dice K, one thing I've been telling guests since we started is, you you brought this to us. You want to talk about that. like we know what we're doing on our show, blah blah blah, whatever. But like if we forget something that's important, steer us back. If we yeah. you know totally gloss over something, or if we're going too slow or whatever, take over. I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about in regards to this movie. So please feel free jump in at any time. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to to uh, the uh, William Shatner uh, voices. Uh, please have those oh. ready. Oh, no. Oh, yes. No, no. I haven't done my oh. prep work. Of course. Mine are ready. <laughs> okay. Okay. Always. Clear off. Not a problem, Dice K. Bastards. Just say bastards. bastards like 18 times in a row and every now and then put the word Klingon in front of it. Oh, it's I love so when the Klingons call him. His son dies. It's so sad, and it's a wonderful like collapsing this scene. But we will get there. But let's start out this movie because <laughs> Dice K, as this you sort of said in you know before we even started talking about the movie, you were talking about seeing it in the theater because it really is like a previously on Star Trek Two. Like it really <laughs> is like a remember how this ended? Remember there was a whole funeral and Spock died and they shot him onto his planet and that's great in that at the time I think this was several years away um, so it's good that they brought that back 
Because that's the whole point of this movie is not that like, okay, two happened. Let's move on from there. This really is tying directly in. I mean, it's still about Genesis. It is still about planet terraforming. It's still about Spock died. Like, I can think of rarely two movies that coincide or lead up to one another quite as well as these two do. Yes, that's right. They they form, I think, a really good... uh, companion piece type of relationship Mm -hmm. I think also you mentioned you watched four the voyage Mm -hmm. home Uh, so that too is also a part of what is often considered to be a type of trilogy yes uh, which begins with Star Trek Two: the wrath of Khan and then continues on to Star Trek three so so now looking back I think it's often Mm -hmm. regarded as a type of trilogy and it's even marketed that way in terms of sometimes you get the films bundled in a a Blu-ray pack or something like that, but but um, uh, at the time, right? It was it was as you say, all we knew or all that was in the air was what happened at the end of part two, which was big. It was huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was mm-hmm. okay. What what's going to happen? What's going to happen now with this new film? Um, I mean, it's called the Search for Spock, and so. I suppose you would hope you they kind of give it away. I, I suppose it yeah, should I mean, be the grief of Jim, <laughs> yeah. because it's very, it's very much a grieving piece, if you ask me. Even how right. it starts out with, like you said, it's the, it's sort of a replay of what we know happened at the end of the Wrath of Khan, but it's right. in this blue and white kind of, or black and white, but kind of blue and white sepia like you were saying before, the yeah. small screen. And I, I instantly, I was like, it's blue because, because Kirk is blue, because he's sad, because Spock has died. Oh, and then with the sun later, like it's just, and he's very, he's, he's very much in a state of grieving in, in a, a powerful grieving because he's Captain Kirk, right? So he doesn't just take grief and wallow in it. He finds his strength in it. Um, but he is very broken up at the start of this, at the loss of his, his good friend Spock. And I don't know, having experienced grief myself recently, I was very connected to that. I, I was, um, where the wrath of Khan had a little more, well, a lot chestier, the wrath of Khan was, as we know. Who's that lead actor there that was Khan? That was, thank you, yes. Um, this was a little more subdued as far as that it was, goes. It was less sexy, <laughs> let's say, than that. Yes, movie. yes. And again, although, but more feeling, more feeling in yeah, in, in the yeah, search for Yeah, although there is there is a there is some some uh, physical activity and and uh, and rough and tumble action as we will get to later. Oh in yeah. The film. Although there is no right there there are no scenes that. Uh, that make one think of the bench press, I suppose. <laughs> when <you start> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> my goodness, I always think, oh my goodness. I, I, every, every time I watch Star Trek, I think, I want to go, I want to go hit that bench yeah. press now. <laughs> that was but, crazy, uh, just watching yeah, him show up yeah. in that, and I'm yeah. like, how, I like had to do yeah. research, and I'm like, he's 60 years old, and he yeah. looks amazing in that movie. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know this is this is this is not a Star Trek two discussion, but I, I please, uh, if yeah. you forgive the indulgence, please, no. you know the scene, 
the scene where there he's like it's the, probably the creepiest scene in the film. It's like oh here here are the seti eel eels. Oh they, yes. They enter through the ear and they wrap <laughs> themselves around the street. And it's like I, all I'm thinking about is oh, man, I really want to hit that bench press because <laughs> it looks so awesome. Oh my goodness. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, poor poor uh, Terrell and and uh, and uh, Chekhov. Like, oh my goodness, they're sweating in their their helmets. But no 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 yeah that bench press is all I'm thinking about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the movie starts, we get a few scenes from Star Trek II, and then it gets into yeah. the next movie, and it starts with a voiceover um, by Kirk, and he's really like, I was surprised we saw Kirk sign this movie, because the voiceover is kind of like, remember those people from the last movie? Remember that girl that I knocked up and everything, and I had a son? Yeah, they're gone now. I don't know where they are. Don't worry about it. Uh, we might get to them later. Not sure. But... I found it surprising then that we spend so much time and that Kirstie Alley, like we sort of said earlier, isn't back in this because this really yeah. could have, I mean, I don't know that it's a, a centerpiece for her, but this character gets a ton of screen time. And I, I looked lady. into it, it was mm -hmm. sort of, you know, monetary issues that came up but I'm kind of surprised that she didn't just say okay I'm going to be on screen for this long I have this important role I will totally do it because she was pushed so much into the background in Star Trek 2 which I thought was a bit odd oh you're talking about the character of Savage yes 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 so she has as you know she has a kind of arc or the character does has an arc starting with with uh, part two mm -hmm. and her relationship with with Spock, uh, Captain Spock, right? And and that's one of the things too that that's really interesting about this off the bat, which is that's an example of where where you were speaking, the both of you about how this is very much a companion piece and and like a uh, it's a it's a direct sequel. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. it yeah. is from part two, so it picks up directly from where part two left off, but. Herein lies the, the great mystery and the paradoxical nature of Star Trek II and Star Trek III, which is you have this direct connection, but at the same time, you have these little details which make them very much disconnected. So first mm -hmm. of all, you have a completely different person portraying the same character mm -hmm. of Savick, who is a very popular character uh, because of the, the, the very memorable way that Kirstie Alley portrayed the character. In two, he's never seen mm -hmm. uh, 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 right uh, this character before, and wow, what what an impact! Then you have a a, a, a new performer and a new mm -hmm. approach to the character. It's very different. Mm -hmm. um, and then she's also interacting with David, and so there was mm -hmm. an interaction between her and David, kind of at the end of the yeah. first film. And I'm, I'm sorry, the first. I think, film, I think the kind film. of is yeah. the best way to put yeah. it. It's not really there, although you do get it a little bit if you look at some of the extra scenes that are part of some of these uh, 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 supplements on these uh, uh, mm -hmm. physical media releases. But in, but but uh, there was meant to be a, a, a kind of relationship that really never was there in the theatrical release of part mm -hmm. two. But then here in part three, you get the relationship between David and Savick that was sort of promised, but you have a, a different performer mm -hmm. and so the dynamic is I think uh, quite is is uh, uh, somewhat uh, altered but I think it's altered in a very effective way 
But there is an example of where you have a continuity between two and three, but then you have these differences yeah. that make it kind of like for that's that's one example. The other example you mentioned the opening, which is they're obviously coming back from their their uh, the enterprise is obviously damaged, and you see the damage on the side, right. which is mirroring how it was attacked in in the uh, in uh, uh, by the uh, the Reliant in part two, mm -hmm. um, and uh, oh yeah, even on uh, set, even in the bridge, there's like yeah. burn marks on the doorways and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. So that it's meant to. So we're meant to understand that this is they're coming back from. Mm -hmm. their encounter with Khan and the Genesis planet has already been created. However, you know, in part two, they were on a training voyage. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was, so, so they're on a training voyage and they're coming back. Um, and that means that the Enterprise was on a kind of training cruise. And so it was it was refit in part one, and it was kind of mm -hmm. refit again in part two, kind of, I, th I think. And then uh, it it's, goes off and it has its encounter with Khan, and then it comes back. And then we get this whole thing about, no, the Enterprise is too old. It's going to yeah. be decommissioned. So it's, it's getting that, ready to get retired, yeah. Exactly. So it, it was on its training voyage in part two, and then it comes back from its training voyage only to get the news that it's going to be decommissioned. So already you get, oh, this. so there's these these little things where... It might, it, it could make sense uh, depending on how one establishes a certain background or context. But mm. there are these things, and also too, the uh, the character of of, uh, of Kirk as well as you mentioned, he's in mourning, as mm -hmm. Jamie yeah. said, and I agree with that. But at the end of two, the the, re, the the way that two ends with Kirk is he's not in mourning; he's actually uplifted. Yeah. At the end, right? Because he's there, and and Doctor McCoy's there, and he's smiling. You know, I mean. We realized later that Dr. McCoy, <laughs> at the end of two, he's smiling, he's looking at the sun, and, and but he's got, like, the the katra in his head, and so he's just, you know, he's yeah. emotionally, you know, in turmoil. But he's okay, and Kirk's like, you know, he's quoting, or misquoting, I suppose, Benny, <laughs> the um, uh, uh, Tale of Two Cities, and, yeah. uh, and then he's saying, you know, I feel young, I feel young. And so that's supposed to be the uplifting moment at the end of two, and then we get to three. At the start, as you say, he's in sort of, morning so there are these points where i think the the more i think about it i first thought of them as being somewhat inconsistent but the more i think about it yeah. they tend to be like like it's sort of the 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 levels of grief as it were there's a sense of mm. up, of, of uh, a kind of uplifting moment sometimes right. and you know in feelings of grief and i've been there too yeah. uh, sometimes you feel there's a sense of, of celebration yeah and then yeah. the next minute one feels quite uh down yeah. and uh, a despondent and so I think that that's where some of these maybe these these links that might not seem to be there on the surface I think that those were those can be made and so in that spirit I always think of Kirstie Alley and uh, Robin Curtis uh, the the two Savics mm -hmm. and the, and I and there is a there's a way in which they can be their performances can be consistent but I I totally hear you in terms of uh, uh, it, it it, you have a different perspective and and for some people I think it, it works and for others it doesn't work but it, it's okay either way yeah no I, I I agree with what you're saying especially regarding Kirk because there's this one guy when they're coming into port or yeah. whatever this one dude's like hey 
Are they gonna have like a celebration for us and a parade? Because no, yeah. we are great. Like we were just on a training yeah. mission yeah. and we totally killed this guy. And I expected Kirk to sort of dress this guy down. Like I was kind of surprised they didn't go that way, but he's like, uh, my best friend kind of just died. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we paid a pretty penny for this celebration. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna get it. It's really, really nice, and it's his performance as subdued Kirk is something that yeah. I, I don't... I'm not going to say I don't like, because it's, mm. it's what the character should be, but I am more of a fan of Manic Kirk, which <laughs> comes up more in the series than it does mm. in these movies, and that's mm. kind of what I saw him as early on. Um, and some of the fight scenes, yes, but also he's just not the Kirk that I'm used to seeing in this movie. Mm. Even though I, but it just, even though it just came off a of two, and I get it. Yeah, although it is, there is uh, the what is it? The, um, you know uh, what, what's that show? T.J. Hooker. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the I think the the hairstyle here in two, but in particular I think three has a T.J. Hooker vibe to it. Those sideburns so, are yeah. insane. They're and on that, point. And that coat too. Yes. When we get to it, middle that that is one of the greatest coats in cinema history. That leather coat with the, no, the collar. With the collar, oh. yep. And yeah. I'm, a, I'm assuming yeah. I might not have my time frame correct, but I assume he's walking off of the T.J. Hooker set right onto here during <laughs> this time period. And uh, so, the, so, but I, I, I totally get what you're saying because this is more subdued, Kirk. Yeah. And we got subdued, Kirk. In the, I mean, in, already in the in the films part uh, in the motion picture and then Wrath of Khan and now the search for Skabak, he was in a type of he was in a different place than he was in the series, right? In the first yeah. film, he's already admiral and then he he takes over the ship because of this super emergency with the with the, this uh, with Viger, and then the second film, he is still admiral, but he's now pondering uh, uh, getting old. Yeah. And, yeah, and feeling worn out, uh, and then he is thrust into another adventure uh, with an old foe that is from mm -hmm. his younger days, from the series. Sure, um, that's Khan. And then now, part three. You're right; it's a continuation of that. He's returned to Earth, and a friend has died, mm -hmm. and so he has to deal with that loss. But then something comes up which means that he has to go out again, but he is not in control. Yeah. There's someone yeah. above him who is refusing him a ship, and yep. he is limited in his resources. And so he is very much, uh, I think, y you're absolutely right, it's a different type of mode of Kirk than one what, than what one might have seen mm -hmm. or what one might be used to in, say, the, the, the TV series. But mm -hmm. I think that's also part of the, the greatness of the films, Mm -hmm. Which is you see the the characters in very different, uh, arguably speaking, different situations than their than where they were in the in say the earlier films or in the TV series, and I think it's, and that's definitely true for Kirk. And you see him very limited. He's got like uh, uh, next to no one on the crew except for people who are on the bridge. We're talking about mm -hmm. when he's later in the film, or yeah. he, he doesn't have a whole ship with him. He only has. Uh, this will to go on on um, this mission which he doesn't know what if it's going to succeed or fail he no. doesn't right and so that that's the but he's he's able and he and he uh he 
uh, has to confront so many obstacles yeah. yes. in this film. It, arguably, this was probably the film where he's confronting uh, more obstacles than maybe any other mission than he's had to face. I mean, he's had to face a lot of hard missions, but here there's just so many things he has to overcome. Uh, in Starting the space with of the a, emotional standpoint. Yeah, exactly. no, I totally agree. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So so in, in that way, this is a very different version of Kirk, arguably, sure. than what we see in the past. But I, I think also that it, it helps to further the 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 myth of Star Trek and Kirk and mm -hmm. the characters because mm -hmm. also in this way this film is it, it's it's very different but also it's establishing so much stuff about Star Trek that will be carried on right that's that's even carried on even now it's going to be carried on through the films it's going to be carried on through Next Gen it's mm -hmm. going to be carried on through all so all this lore is being established here in in Star Trek while it's also at the same time being a fresh Trek so it's it's doing a lot of things at once. It's being a totally new story that hasn't been told before, but at the right. same time, especially when one looks back on it, it's 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 one of the most Star Trek of films in terms <laughs> of all the things it's establishing. Like it's establishing the bird of prey, it's establishing more of the Klingon world, yeah. and not the world, but the Klingon culture. We see more of the Vulcan culture, we see, yeah. you know, all this mm -hmm. stuff. So so uh, it's 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 big, but also it's very fresh and, and very, yeah. very, uh, it, there's uh, so much uh, uncharted terrain, or that's the feeling of it, especially with the emotional uh, characters yeah. and uh, the, the emotional character arcs, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Now, since you mentioned, let's move into the Klingons, because while all oh, this yes. is happening, Christopher yeah. Lloyd as a Klingon is something I never knew existed, I... and I never thought I'd see it. I know you missed Kirstie Alley in this, Doug. You mentioned sure. before that you wanted to, but I was a happy to see. I was a happy to see Christopher Lloyd, and I call him the Christopher Lloyd Klingon. I'm sure he has a name, a Klingon name, but I, I call didn't him write Christopher Lloyd Klingon. I don't care because um, he's so amazing. <laughs> he's like, great. He's great. And I don't want to say you. With his voice, you can slap as much makeup and prosthetics. But you know as you who it is, yeah. On him. Yeah. But when he's speaking Klingon, it's still kind of like, <laughs> all right, I kinda know it's Christopher Lloyd. But when he starts speaking English, those inflections are so Christopher Lloydy, it's absolutely wild. Like Christopher Lloydy. I, I was so happy to see that he's in this movie and it's not like Con where he gets a lot of room to like tap dance and, and take over and stuff like that but still he really is a presence in this movie and I thought it was really great also I think it's amazing that the Klingons have pets and they're kind of gross but he likes to pet them yeah <laughs> wolfy yeah <laughs> kind of disgusting. angry pets yeah yeah, and see that emotional reaction from him, from what, uh, yeah? Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, when the when what hap what what happens to the pet, right? Yeah, page is so like, right? He, and you see a shot of him and holding the the the, the, holding the dog, the, right? You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh my goodness, wow, wow, it's amazing. There yes, but Christopher Lloyd. Yes, times in this movie where I was so surprised they went for laughs, like when he's leaving and he tells that one guy, he's like, hey feed my dog yeah. and the one guy just the camera just hangs on this actor staring just dead yeah, yeah. at the screen <laughs> and I was like this is really funny and it seems so bizarre and out of place in this movie but I guess 
every now and then you have to put in some lighthearted moments, I guess. Well, like Scotty. Scotty's a total lighthearted moment. Anytime oh, sure. Scotty's got a line delivery, I'm like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna make us laugh with, Scotty? But um, yeah. So <laughs> on this ship, so here's the thing: Spock is dead. Yes, but as all of this is wrapping up, they get news that there is presence in his room there's like life oh yes in spock's room. room and i love how they have like space police tape over the door that's really yeah. broken into yeah yeah yes. and yeah. it appears someone's gotten into spock's layer here's it it's very clear that bones mccoy is yeah. like possessed. he's like channeling him yeah he's like channeling spock yeah and he tells kirk he's like hey we gotta climb to a mountain on Vulcan, and uh, that way I can come back. And uh, it's great. That's fantastic. So, yeah, that's really what this movie is: is that Spock's mind, soul? Do we even go that far? Is uh, yes, uh, we do. Okay, in McCoy, yeah. but his body yeah. is on this Genesis planet. Right, right, and we see because uh, uh. uh we go through footage. Kirk goes through footage to find out oh, when yeah. exactly, when, why didn't he make, because yeah. I don't know if I'm skipping around a bit, and so keep me on no, track okay. if I am. Yeah. Um, we get a visit from, from Spock's dad. Um, right. And Spock saying, Spock's dad saying, like, you, you weren't supposed to leave him on Genesis. That's not his wish. He must have told you his wish, and, you know, why didn't, and then come to find out, Spock's dad does this, you know, Vulcan mind trick to figure out if the soul has been transferred, or if information I'm guessing from the soul, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, to to Kirk, Captain Kirk, and he does this like analysis, it's and it turns wonderful. out he's not, he doesn't have the information, he wasn't, Spock didn't give him the piece of his soul, and you could see, Kirk's kind of disappointed, like well, what, why wouldn't he give it to me? We're best friends. I'm his best friend. It why didn't he give it to me? Great, like but I, they never got the opportunity to touch. I love right. that his dad is like, hey, listen, you mind if I go into your mind for a little bit? Because I'm sure <laughs> you told me what's going on. And then he does that. I do and love that. I do. Like, I'm like, what a great, I'm like. Sorry, I'm, I probably shouldn't have done that. That was a huge invasion of privacy. Uh, I thought that he would have done this to you. And you're right, because Kirk's like, oh, bummer i don't know <laughs> who he could have melded with because he and i we were best buds right yeah he was my bestie he would have only melded with me it's really but cute. they didn't have the opportunity because they didn't they didn't physically touch and he says that yeah. to spock's dad like you know well of course not we didn't there was a barrier between us and spock's dad's like well if it, oh no i think it's kirk it, it, it yeah. comes to kirk where he's like well it meant so much if it meant so much to him he must have told somebody yeah. So he reviews all of this videotape and finds that, uh, or security footage, I guess, and finds that it was Bones. There was a moment when Spock did, kind of. I, I have to say very quick, and I'm sure Dice K, I'm sure you want to jump in, but I was very impressed, or I guess surprised is the word, with how strangely cute this movie is. Like how it just deals with like friendship, like, buddies will be buddies and it's just like it's so adorable the relationship between all these people on this and it's not anything that the series really gets into and it's not even and I know we only saw the second movie but it's not mm -hmm. even until the end of the second movie where he's like you're my friend blah 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 you know the many 
outweigh the few and stuff like that, then we really get into this friendship. This whole movie is just about like, we're friends. We got to help friends because we're such good friends. It's adorable. And I could not Even get over that when I was watching so it. so tight. Yeah, it's, yeah. And that's no, that's brilliant. No, you're absolutely right. This is about relationships. Yes. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. Because and it's many, many relationships. So, for example, uh, right, Spock and Kirk, definitely. That's probably one of the most mm -hmm. important relationships in Star Trek ever. You know, maybe yeah. the most important. Who knows? But, but, uh, but also, it's the it's what's often referred to as the trio or the triumvirate of Spock. Uh, uh, Bones and Kirk, the mm -hmm. three of them. And so what we have when you have the, the spirit or the soul or the katra. Yeah, the Spock, katra. That's the, the Vulcan katra, yeah. term. Yeah. Exactly. This is the, the katra. Uh -huh. yeah, there's so many Vulcan terms here. It's wonderful. I love foul torpan, and, and you refer oh, to Oh, yeah, that's, that's maturity, right? Yeah. Or yes, ponfar. Yes, yeah. yes, ponfar. Yes. My goodness. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to ponfar and what all the implications of that. But, but, um, yeah. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so the, the Katra of Spock is in uh, Dr. McCoy's body or mind. Mm -hmm. And so what you have is you have this, this uneasy union between Spock and Bones. And we right. know that they, they, are, they are friends, but there's also a, a kind of friendly rivalry. Right. Or not rivalry, but there's a, an antagonism between the two mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw it a little bit in two when they're arguing about the about the 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 uh, the eth whether Genesis is ethical mm -hmm. or not, right? And uh, you know, Bones makes the humanist or not humanist, but he makes the argument about how it, it's it's not ethical, mm -hmm. and they're talking about um, a universal Armageddon, and he says, you know, in part two, you green-blooded, inhuman, and he mm -hmm. doesn't complete the the sentence, but that's that's a reference to the fact that they have an they are friendly, but there's also an antagonism between them, and so yes. it's fascinating that it's those two characters. Uh, Dr. McCoy and Spock that are together right. in this film and when they're together they're, and I didn't realize it until this film but when you have moments of, of Dr. McCoy almost hearkening uh, uh, to or calling to the, the spirit of Spock in some scenes yeah. he, he looks almost like uh uh, Leonard Nimoy, or there's this yeah. way in which he his does voice does stare yeah. of some kind. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah, so, exactly. When he goes into that bar. I found that such oh, a the cantina scene. scene. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 the Star Wars cantina scene, and they're yeah. like, "Well, we could do this, but let's make it a little more boring and not as many crazy characters." <laughs> like, although there are tribbles there. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I do have to so. say, I love when McCoy finds out about what Spock did, and his first response is to say, did he do this because of all those arguments they lost? Like, I find yes. that really yeah. funny. <laughs> all those arguments he lost. Yeah, who points out lost. So, exactly. Yeah. So, so exactly, oh, yeah. That's, oh, I'm sorry. So, the, but yeah, so that's, the, that's one of the great genius points of this, is you have the two characters that are of antagonistic towards each other and they're mm -hmm. they're forced together in this right. in this interesting yeah. union and so that makes that i think is is a wonderful echo of the trio or the triumvirate yeah. union between the three so what you said about how kirk felt maybe he felt left mm -hmm. out and i think and maybe in some way he did he was actually physically speaking he was left out because there was a barrier here between yeah Spock he, and so he kirk couldn't right right exactly but then 
but then he has to bring essentially the two of them mm-hmm. to this place. And you, as you mentioned, it was he refers to Mount Solea, this mountain mm-hmm. uh, on on the planet Vulcan, the steps, and they have yeah. to go. What what this all mysterious? All this stuff is going on, and so that's interesting thing. And then also too, uh, you mentioned a couple things. Uh, you mentioned the. The, the appearance of, of Sarek, which is Spock's father. And this mm. is big. This is huge because we don't, we haven't seen him. Had we never him. seen him before? No. Well, well, well we saw him in, uh, you know, we saw him, we saw the actor, Mark Leonard, in a number of roles. But when he's playing Sarek, we saw him in an episode of the original series, ah, okay. uh, Journey to Babel. And also we see him in an, in an episode of, uh, of the animated series called Yesteryear, which is one of the, it's, uh, but uh, the the uh, the appearance of, of uh, and, and actually we see the actor. He doesn't play Sarek, but he appears actually in the first film as a Klingon. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, but it's a yeah. completely different character. But yeah. uh, but now he's now in a, appearing here again as as Spock's father, and this is actually this is huge because we see we understand that there is this kind of uneasy relationship between father and son mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's one that it, it's it, because the whole thing about Spock's character is that he is not full Vulcan but he is he is uh, he has a Vulcan father and a human mother that's right and so that's been one of the the sources of the drama and the development of the Spock character throughout the series uh, now it's not really referred to that component of Spock's character is not referred to in this film uh, in terms of his his uh, his uh, say human mother and Vulcan father but his mm. father does appear and the point right. that I wanted to bring up is that his relationship or the way that his father uh, Sarek feels about his son I think is so very moving he is a Vulcan and he, he doesn't express emotion but there are mm-hmm. moments as you say Jamie where he's mm-hmm. like and, and, and Doug you say oh you know after the Vulcan mind meld with Kirk he says, you know, he's he's obviously in the state of of panic or agitation uh-huh. because his son has died, and he says he says it. He says, you know, please forgive me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm my son has just died, and so maybe my my logic facilities aren't what they should be, or yeah. something to that effect. And so that's that's really telling of how much the death of his son is affecting him to the point where he almost aggressively comes to to Kirk's very very cool retro uh, apartment by yes. the way which we saw in part two I, I, I love that place I want that with you know, the with guns the, mounted on the wall <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and he's like this poignancy and the fireplace that's yep. wonderful and, uh, but uh, uh, but uh, yeah and so and he comes in there very aggressively so and saying well, I, I must find out what happened to my son yeah. I must, you know, may I join your mind? And he doesn't find what he's looking for. And then they go to the security tape, uh, which yeah. you refer to, which is which is a great thing, by the way. And it's mm-hmm. that idea of, of where were these cameras in the <laughs> yeah. ship? You know, the cameras are very are are, are quite quite coincidentally the same position yeah. of how the film was. It's, so they're actually, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, like it's like Netflix. Yeah, yeah but, it's uh, not the only time in this movie that they will 100% do something that Spaceballs <laughs> did, but it really is like, let's go back and watch that previous movie and see if we missed anything. <laughs> so, but that's that's where they find out, yes, that, that Spock actually joined, or he said remember yeah. at a key moment mm-hmm. in, in The Wrath of Khan. And therefore, it's McCoy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the McCoy is the key to the whole mission, and that's where he realizes that he ha- this is where he gets his mission, 
from yeah. Sarek. He says, you must yeah. bring McCoy, you must take McCoy, um, or you must go to Genesis and get, uh, get all the stuff and then take everyone to Vulcan. Yeah, it's right. only it's there will He needs find. the closure. He needs the exactly. dad's looking for the closure of bringing his exactly. son back and having this Vulcan ceremony and, and having him just return, exactly. return home. I do yeah. like how the dad says it as though there should have been some sort of like textbook that Kirk should have read where he's like, you idiot, you can't just shoot him onto a planet. Like, what were you doing? Which yeah. I found that so <laughs> funny. Like, oh, yeah, well, I guess he made a huge mistake, but he doesn't seem to understand that. But yeah. this is, as we talked about, this movie's about Genesis as well. So mm -hmm. on Genesis, the other thing that's happening at the same time is Savick and Kirk's son, they're on a different ship at this point, and right. they yeah. get beamed down to Genesis to sort of take a look around and, and well, see Well, beforehand, they could see on their computers that there's something alive right. on Genesis. Yes. They're yes. analyzing Genesis. They're not supposed to go down there. The captain of their ship is like, no, we are not going down there. We are just here to sort of survey the land. Right. We're not releasing you into that area. And they're finding there's different vegetation, there's different climates happening. And then all of a sudden, right where Spock's, uh, uh, I guess, would it be his coffin? It's called what, his what, coffin. Uh, yeah, is, is landed, there's, there's some animal activity, they're saying. <sighs> the animal activity. There's a lot of animal noises they yes. pump into the soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> yes. For, for a planet that so just that's when they was make generated the... like an hour or two ago, there's <laughs> a lot of animal activity on this planet. So Well, and it's moving fast. Yeah. The planet is developing too quickly, exactly. we find out. Yes. I do love, and we talked about it, how Kirk asks this uh, captain, admiral, whatever, yep. let's call him, uh, if he can just take the Enterprise out and go to Genesis and do all this stuff. And they're in like this wood paneled lounge, which is such like an early oh, 80s. Yeah. Like, where would people want to they're hang like out? They're like out to like a restaurant <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it even looks earlier. Like, it looks like something out of Mad Men, which I found really interesting <laughs> and just so much fun in this movie. Yeah. But yeah, That's, the, the yeah. Uh, guy's like basically, no, 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 you just stay. We're also taking your ship out of commission. It's super old. It's a mess. Uh, we're yeah. going to take... Who did they take and put it on a different ship? Um, Scotty. They were going to put Scotty, Scotty on yes. a different... Yeah, this, they, yeah they're, they're, his... they needed Scotty's expertise on the... Um, which is a new ship, which is the, the Excelsior. Yes. Which mm -hmm. is which the is first time of, we're seeing the Excelsior. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of shitty because the guy comes on and is like, everybody else... You got shore leave. It's great. Oh, sorry, Scotty. Tomorrow morning, you got to show up and start working on another ship. Yeah, Scotty gets uh, Scotty. I mean, poor Scotty. I mean, we. I, I forgot to mention it earlier, but I remember um, how the film begins, which is mm -hmm. the the lovely flashback and the, oh, last time on Star Trek, mm -hmm. as you said, and yeah. the shots of Part Two, and then the funeral. And what they had—they had the beautiful James Horner music mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. overlaid, and it cuts into beautifully into the the credits and the sky and the and star the lights and, and the stars. Exactly, yeah, it's wonderful. And, yeah. we, and what one forgets, and I do too, but in in the the last film we had the 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 bat the bagpipe music of Scotty. Oh, and that's so right. And so that should have been that you know if we we're to be really consistent, You're that right. should have been the music 
That should have been overlaid and, and put in as the opening credits of Star Trek 3, yes. the search for Spock. Instead of the beautiful James Horner, it should have been Scotty's bagpipes. And so that's I agree. one of the ways in which Scotty is, is, uh, is uh, getting the, the short end of the stick here. Yes. So we don't get to hear his bagpipe music again. And as you say, he, ha he doesn't get shore leave. He has he to go reassigned. straight to work. Yeah. Exactly, to the Excelsior, which he doesn't like. He doesn't like these new ships. No. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, that's Scotty. He doesn't that's, like uh, these new Scottish. ships, which I found funny because I know that this movie's after this one. But when he gets on the little elevator and he has to tell the elevator to take him somewhere, he seems so annoyed by this. And then in four, when he's on Earth, he walks into somebody's. He walks into. I, I forget where he goes, and he picks up the mouse and he talks into it and goes, "Hello, computer." And I was like, oh, <laughs> "That's what you were just doing on the elevator. Like, you shouldn't be that upset. That's how you're communicating oh. with machinery." Oh <laughs> but, yes, the but transparent also, like, aluminum. Yeah, but he he may get short shrift a little bit, but. He's still like Ohura gets nothing to do in this movie. Like oh, she is no. just like, you know what? I'll beam you guys into this next adventure. I'll sit this one out. And I felt well. She bad. does get sassy with that one young. I do <laughs> like when she gets sassy with that young. Uh, uh, what is he, a yeah. shipmate? <laughs> oh, mi mis Mr. Adventure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was Mr. like, Adventure. this guy yes. seems into adventure. Get him on your team. If you want a body count, get this guy to go with you. Cause he She's like, you're going like in the closet. Totally <laughs> yeah. So, but that that's a scene yeah. where where she gets, or, yeah, Uhura gets, gets uh, she, she, she's, all the, the crew members have their little roles. Yes. And right. I think that's one of the things too, which is uh, which is uh, uh, we have to remember, to, which is the this is directed by Leonard Nimoy. Mm -hmm. Yes, and yes, so that's Leonard right. Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy, I think, is is you get a real sense of how how much he is trying. And obviously, this is going to be a Kirk story, and a right. Spock story, and it, to some extent, a Doctor McCoy story. And so that that's that's I think unshakable and unavoidable. Right. That's great, mm -hmm. and that's how I think all the films are. But what that means is is that oftentimes the other crew members get very little to do in mm -hmm. the films. I mean, they appear, of course, but they get very little to do. You get you get a lot of a lot more of Chekhov in the previous film, but uh, what about the other uh, the crew right. members? And so, in this moment, in the middle part, when they are stealing the Enterprise or they're uh, they're conspiring. To uh, to come together and steal the Enterprise. It's a beautiful sequence, by the way. The mm -hmm. each each uh, well, not not all of them because Chekhov doesn't get a, a lot to do. I think that's because he had a lot to do in the previous one. Right. But right. we have Uhura doing a little bit of what she she gets to do. It's brief, but it's still her moment to it's shine. Hers. Isn't it? right? right. And then you get uh, the Scotty story with the Excelsior, and then mm -hmm. him trying to uh, set up a central automating system on the bridge of the Enterprise, and mm -hmm. you have Sulu and what he does with the guards. And oh, right, uh, all yeah. That, yeah. Don't call him and short. Then, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, uh, then he's, and it wasn't, it was it was such an innocent comment too. He's, yeah. you know, he's just, yeah. oh, keeping you, and then he'll keeping you busy because the, the guy was just yawning. And and then yeah. and talk about, and uh, uh, speak of, you talked about those great, uh, the costumes and the fashion, yeah. by the way. I love those uh, those caps, those baseball caps that the, the yes. security guards wear. Yeah, those yeah. are fantastic, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then you have Sulu and you have a little moment for him. But then they then all come together 
Uh, and those, I, I would suggest that all those moments really uh, carry through in their own uh, like character ways. Yeah. And they're subtle, but they're there. So I think um, uh, maybe Uhura gets maybe the least amount of screen time because her character is in the transporter room and then we don't see her until yeah. they rendezvous on Vulcan. And so she's yeah. not on the bridge, she's not doing that. Yeah. So that yeah, so so maybe she gets the least amount of screen time, but the other the crew members do get some screen time and and quite a bit. And so Scotty's definitely there. What I love mm -hmm. too about Scotty uh, is the there um you see in his face mm -hmm. when he's not speaking, but he's on screen, you often see little little reactions that he gives, which are so beautiful. For example, there's a reaction on if you focus in on his face when when Kirk uh -huh. is saying on the bridge, he's saying uh, all the people are assembled. And he says, you know, um, and he says, uh, I can't ask you to go any further, Doctor. <laughs> have to do this. The rest of you do not. You know, so that's what he says, and th so that's good. his way of saying, you know, we I can't ask you to do this because if you do this, then this will mean potentially the end of your mm -hmm. professional careers, right? right. I can't right. ask you to do this, right? Although they've already done so much at this <laughs> point. I don't know what they're <laughs> yeah. doing. But, but anyway, but so, so then they're all saying, you know, uh, 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 and then each of them says in their own way, you know, I'm with you. So Chekhov says, you know, Admiral, we're losing precious time. So that's his way of saying, I'm mm -hmm. with you. And yeah. then Sulu says, workhorse, uh, please, Admiral. And then he looks at Scotty. And at the time, you see Scotty's face. And his face is just looking around. It's just like, you can think, should I really do this? I don't know. So there's a moment where maybe he's thinking about it. I didn't have this new yeah. gig that they need me on. Maybe I should just stick yeah. to the new gig and ride yeah. it out. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, it's it's wonderful. So those little mo and there's a moment too later when they're on uh, when they're on uh, Genesis after they beam down. Oh, this yeah. huge thing with the Enterprise happens. He's looking yeah. up at the sky, and you know Scotty loves the Enterprise. He loves the Enterprise, uh, yeah. and he, it, it's, it's arguable, and you get this from the show. He loves, he probably loves the Enterprise more than anything. And, and you see him looking up, and you can imagine his what he's thinking when he's looking at what happened to the Enterprise yeah. up there. And all the yeah. characters are like, "All right, now we've got to go find find where the people mm -hmm. are on the planet." But there's a moment where you fix on on Scotty's face, and there's a moment where he just stares up in the sky, just. A well, second longer than everyone else. It's, again, it's continuing yeah. the grief theory. He's grieving yeah. the Enterprise. Yeah. He's having yeah. a moment to grieve the fact that, yeah, this was his, his baby, his ship. Yeah. But at the yeah, end, but when the Spock comes back to life, he is grinning ear to ear. When Spock goes around and Because they completed their mission. Passes all yeah. of it, he is so happy. It's, it's such a great just reaction by this actor, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great too because Scotty has so much to do. He's got to take care yeah. of the Excelsior, and he's mm -hmm. got to to uh, take care of controls on the Enterprise, and 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 uh, a lot of pressures on him. And everyone's yeah. like, you know, Scotty, <laughs> Scotty, you know, what, the shields aren't Scotty. He you know, says at one point when they exactly. tell him about the shields, he's like, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to go into battle. I thought we were just exactly. taking this and going over. I d d just you, y'all don't prepare me for all this stuff. Exactly. Oh, no. exactly. Exactly. So, so he's doing a lot. So, uh, uh, but it's great to see him and the and the other characters. Uh, limited, uh, uh, granted, sure, but still they get their moments here, and they're really fantastic, especially in the context of uh, Trek canon. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot happening at this point. As we said, um, McCoy goes to a bar and he gets arrested by I don't know. Earth police, let's say. Yeah. And he's busted out, 
as we sort of talked about earlier by Sulu and Kirk. They bust him out. Well, he they put him into the Federation funny farm. They put him like because he's <laughs> he's know, looking basically. to get this. He goes to the canteen. And we have the cantina scene, and Bones is trying to make an argument to to get a ship. He needs a ship so he can get out and get and find his. And he talks like to cities. some maniac about this. Yes, some pierced up lunatic. Yeah, know who I am. I just know yeah. you need a ship. Don't worry about it. It's great. And this guy's even laughing when the cops show up. He's like, <laughs> this guy you probably want, not me. Well, because Bones is shouting about going to Genesis. <laughs> like, I need the ship to get to Genesis. And everyone at the cantina is like, what are you talking about Genesis for? Because even this this shady guy, he says, Genesis is a no zone. Mm-hmm. We don't go to Genesis. We're not talking about Genesis. So, yeah, the, the, even the cop cops like, or whatever. Uh, like keeping your voice down a little bit? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's And you make the reference to can, the cantina scene in Star Wars. There's even another reference too, because this 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 guy that he, that uh, Doctor McCoy's talking to is very much speaking like Yoda. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, he's got uh, that Genesis, phrasing. It's yeah. planet forbidden, you know. So that's yeah. the that's yeah. the, the reversal of the of the word order there. So it's uh, it's very much like Yoda, and you've got the yeah. the. Uh, you know, the, there's there's a, a the, the big ears, which is part of the there's a punchline to that that he that Doctor McCoy says. But the ears also then link back. Oh, it's like yep. you know the ears were the defining feature, one of the defining features physically of Spock. Right. And you have another ear defining uh, defining character, and then you have the the moment where Bones is trying to put the the, the Vulcan pinch on the on the guy. Oh yes, that's right. There. That's He's a lovely to moment. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I've and, got the Vulcan in me. Not enough, though, Bones. You're not enough. Yeah, and like the, and the guy that he's trying, he's like, like, what the heck are you yeah. doing? What are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so oh, here's my question. Moment. Maybe you can answer this. If at the end of this movie, what they try doesn't work, or if Bones uh, at the end of this movie is like, uh-uh, this is too risky, I'm not going to do it, does that mean Spock just lives in his mind for the rest of his life? Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's so that and and what you say, right? No one would understand exactly why he's acting this way, and so yeah. they would probably interpret it to be some kind of emotional breakdown mm-hmm. or something. And as you say, he was about to be sent to uh, some kind of, of a facility, right? Right, mm-hmm. because they they regarded him as being in this condition and so it would have probably got just gone on like this and so it was very much imperative for for bones's sake as well as for spock's sake that they they complete this mm-hmm. mission uh, successfully yes so our crew of heroes who we love they basically bust out and they take the enterprise out they they're just like we're hijacking this thing we're going we're leaving and in the right. meantime um Savick and kirk's son find they find nothing in the coffin, right? Just like a cloak. It's just his cloak. Yeah, okay. it's just yeah. But they do find a little baby, just a, just a little kid on this planet. Oh yeah, little boy. Yeah, and they're like, who is oh, it's that a boy? Who is that actor? Spot. You, I recognized him from something. Who is he? The actor, the little the boy. Kid? Yeah. Did not look that up. Oh, Sorry. he was some. He's somebody. He was he was a little boy. He was in some different eighties movies, um, but yeah, the, when he, they find this little crying boy yeah. on the on the 
planet. And um, yeah, it's a little, little boy Spock. Yeah, they're just so we're like, gonna get oh, to watch. This, instantly, they're like, oh, this must be Spock, and he's a baby, and this planet brought him back to life. So but I like I when they call back out. to their <laughs> ship, and they call the they call the captain of their ship, and they're like, we found this boy. What are we gonna do? Like, you have to, we have to come back up. He's like, I don't know this if we want to bring that other guy up like, here. Oh yes, a kid. Yeah. What are you talking about? Is I he radioactive? Just Is it okay? We'll figure it out on our end. We'll call you. Don't call yeah. us. Just do what you can. Yeah. And also, in the meantime, so the Klingons. So here's the thing: the Klingons yes. want the Genesis technology. Yes. But they also seem very excited late in this movie that the Genesis technology destroys worlds and doesn't like make them habitable. So. Well, like the power that it yeah. possesses. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say maybe somebody wants to point to this because. At first, it seems like we can make planets and live on them. That's great. Also, planets can be destroyed by this. That's pretty cool. So yeah. I don't really know mm. what they're into. Oh, the Klingons. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So the Kling. So right. So the the the. I think the idea of the Klingons and and Christopher Lloyd and Krooge, right? The Christopher mm -hmm. Lloyd Klingon, which is a great name, um, <laughs> and his crew, and he gets and which is. Going back to the Klingons, right, and then Christopher Lloyd, I guess he's, I guess his name's Cruz, but now I'm thinking, oh, it's Christopher Lloyd. Because <laughs> it's Christopher, <laughs> as you Christopher say, Lloyd it's a, Klingon. Yeah. I feel hidden, that way too. Like gets, I said, yeah. he could have hidden mm. until he spoke English. I was like, you could have hidden this actor <laughs> yeah. in this makeup. And the moment he's talking, I'm like, is, does he have a DeLorean somewhere? Are they going somewhere? Yeah. I could not. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything but Christopher Lloyd after you, that. You, you you were expecting oh, Marty, right. Marty. Yes. You know you wanted to say that, yeah. and it's amazing too because this came to out before. Right away. Yeah. He's taking a, yeah. a cartoon shoe and he's killing it in a Vada dip. Oh my goodness! Oh oh, Roger Rabbit right. references. Bravo! Yes, I'll, that that broke my heart when I saw that as a kid through that scene. Oh. Terrible. Oh right. Oh guys. Oh, I, I was gonna say something good, but that will spoil Roger Rabbit. So I'll lose it. But, uh, uh, oh gosh, it what a great. Oh, Roger yes, Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Guys, but, Roger uh, Rabbit was innocent. He didn't do it. He was afraid. <laughs> I just spoiled oh, the movie. Oh my goodness. That's such a great, great. Yeah, Christopher it really Lloyd is. is just, just, and that, yeah. and just to imagine the, 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 and he was in Clue as well. Yep. The Clue. Right. Back to the Future. And and before that, he was in in this film. And what a presence! You're right, and he's just and and uh, here you understand what his whole motivation is, and he's and his character too is is further establishing all this stuff, this lore mm. about Klingon culture. So first, mm -hmm. he picks up this information from the from this ship, right. uh, which is uh, and then the other Klingon on the ship, who is the the, the Klingon Valkris. Yeah, there's there, it's there's this uh, implied relationship between them, yeah. but which is made even more powerful by the fact that he he kills her <laughs> because yeah, he, she like, has oh, seen. You'll be remembered she, fondly. Yeah. It's an exactly. amazing and relationship because she even realizes she's dead and she tells exactly. us that she's like, "Don't worry, you'll get paid at some point. It's it's yes. fine. Don't worry yeah. about it." And, and she, therefore, yeah. she understands the whole yep. idea about Klingon honor mm -hmm. and this, the brutality mm -hmm. of the of, of Klingon honor to the point where she understands the need for her to sacrifice herself in right. order to uphold the honor right. of 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 right. We understand being Kruge and his quest to discover what 
what the Genesis is through the wonderful uh, the cassette tape that they oh that yeah that they there. get yeah that yeah. they get the little view of yeah and then he, that sets into motion as you say the whole thing about <laughs> the Klingons thinking that this is a weapon that mm -hmm. has been developed by the Federation in order to threaten the Klingon Empire or the Klingon existence and so it's up to him in his mind to try to get the weapon and he, mm -hmm. and he says it to you know it's the trio of the people on the Klingon like if there's him there's John Larroquette and then there's the there's the Torque there's Malt, Torg, and Crude. So those mm -hmm. are the three. And John Larroquette's there. So Night Court. So anyone who's I a fan of Night Court. such a question. Because so. it was not until <laughs> I finished this movie that I saw that John Larroquette's in this. Yeah. Who is he? Yes. I didn't he, even know. He was know one this. of the Klingons, he's, wasn't he? He's one of the Klingons. He's yeah. Maltz. But, he's Maltz the Klingon. Okay, is he one of the ones where they're sitting around watching the video and he's like, hey, don't tell anybody about it's, he uh, uh, he's, he's the yes. He's the he's the third of those. Okay. He says he says there. He says um, uh, impressive wow. planets. That's so he cool. says that one, and then he's and then and then uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd says, "Oh, go back, go back to the conversation." Yes, and then and then just the two of them there. So he's not in the two of them. He's not mm -hmm. Torg. Right. Torg is the one he's who's the got that. that leaves. Okay. So yeah, exactly. He's got other... that. Uh, what is it? Uh, the Jack Sparrow. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean, okay. Johnny Depp vibe, that guy. Yes, so that's not, yes. yeah. So there's, there's, there's Chasing Smack Sparrow, there's uh, Night is Court, and then uh, Crude. in this movie anywhere else? Like, is he one of the guys that goes onto the planet? Is John Larroquette any? He's on, he's, he's always, he's on the bridge of oh, the, of the God. Bird of Prey. Okay. And he's actually at the end, uh, when uh, they go up onto the, the Klingon ship, he's the only surviving Klingon. He's like, yeah. I, I do not deserve to live. No. And then Kurt Wait, says, that's fine, John I'll kill you later. That's John Larroquette, yeah. Oh, but that's and he says at the end, honor, you know, right? right? That's my favorite line of this movie is when <laughs> Kirk's like, all right, fine, I'll just kill you later. I thought that was hilarious. Exactly. Like, I thought that was a great line, and that's John Larroquette. That's amazing. So he's in this movie, Jamie, I don't know if you remember it, He's in this movie more than he was in Cat People. Do you remember in Cat People, Jamie, when he showed oh, up yeah. just to be like, this is a mess. And then he walked out the door and we were like, I think that was John Larroquette. And then he never and came back to the movie. You love Cat I, People. I, I, I was just waiting right at the end. He says, at the end of the, on the bridge scene with Kirk, he said, oh, you said you would kill me. And, it, and then Kirk says, you know, I lied. And he puts it back. I just would have loved it if Kirk had said, I lied. Take him to night court. And then right. suddenly the night court people, da, 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 da. oh, that would have been perfect. That, that would have been, been perfect. Great. You know? That would have been um, great. There's so oh, many gosh. manholes in the future. Yeah. I think would have gotten rid of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So at this same court. time, uh, they're still down on Genesis. And this um, yeah. Spock character keeps getting older. Little, little boy yeah. Spock little is growing. Boy. What was yeah. that? I said, little boy Spock is uh -huh. growing. He's yes. maturing. Yeah. And Savick's like, you know what's going to be crazy? Every seven years, his blood boils, and it's a big deal. And, <laughs> and he's, he's going to go through it. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to go through it uh, probably several times. If we're talking about this child to Spock, I don't know how many seven-year periods there are, but this is happening a lot. And now, again, because it's just his body, he can't communicate. He's not saying anything, right? Because she tries to talk to him. Sometimes we just see him with his mouth open, staring, and it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the idea, which is also, it's, a, it's 
he's somehow connected with the Genesis planet mm -hmm. because of what Dr. Marcus refers to as the Genesis yes. wave. And so mm -hmm. that is, I think, the explanation for why Spock rapidly ages, but none of the other people on the planet do. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or at least we don't see them. So, so that's probably the way in which Spock, that explains why Spock can rapidly age. Right. And then, and as you say, the idea of Ponfar, or this idea of every seven years, the, the, the something to do with the blood or, or the, the physical traits of uh, Vulcan males is that mm -hmm. they have to essentially release this tension, otherwise they'll die. Mm -hmm. In order to release this tension, they have to mate. And so that happens every seven years. We see it, I think, only once in the course of the film. But as you suggest, Doug, it really should have been like if we get the entire life cycle of Spock all the way up to, excuse me, all the way up to um, uh, however old Spock is when he's right. rescued, mm -hmm. it should have been more than once. It would have been many yeah. uh, seven-year cycles. Right. but Because uh, the way I'm he's sure aging, what, 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 she's so yeah. concerned. And I was like, isn't this going to be over in 10 seconds? Like, just, <laughs> like, he'll be on to a new age. It's not going to be a big deal. But we do see, like, the weird... Like the cool, sexy hand dance that she's doing with him and everything. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And let's say it relieves his tension, quote-unquote, somehow. <laughs> and uh, Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Also, that's the idea, too, that after it cuts away to that, it goes to the ship. So we understand that probably some stuff happened that, uh, mm -hmm. right, very intimate stuff mm -hmm. happened. And then that also explains later where Spock comes back at the very end and Spock mm -hmm. looks at each of the people one at a time he walks past them yep. mm -hmm. the first person he walks past is Savick and when he looks Savick straight in the eye Savick turns away very almost shy mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and I think Robin Curtis mentioned it in in one of the the uh, the, the making of features or the interviews uh, which is where the direction that Leonard Nimoy the director gave to her was something look like uh, react like you would when you've just seen someone, uh, a, a, someone that you loved uh, long ago, but you know, you know, you've you have you've right. seen them again recently. So it's this idea that ah. maybe in that look, there's a sense of intimacy, yeah, shared yeah, yeah. intimacy like a between lost them. Love. Yeah, 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 something like that. So in that that yeah. would then make sense when we recall that she was she was there with him, part of his transitioning, yeah, exactly part of for his, the yeah. Far. Yeah. exactly, yes. yeah, so. It's such a shame that this character didn't last or, or nothing became of this character. Because I think they had, <clears throat> I think they showed some old footage in four and then they wanted to bring the character back for five, but Kirstie Alley didn't want to do it. And I think um, some people weren't crazy about this portrayal, so they didn't want to bring her back. And then they didn't want to recast it a third time. So they just mm. decided, eh, I think we're done. And it's such a shame because there's a lot going on here with this character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. We see a we see a very brief, brief uh, scene with her in <clears throat> part four. Mm -hmm. You're right, where she says, right, uh, she leaves the she stays on Vulcan, as we know, and she mm -hmm. sees the ship go off and she says goodbye. What does she say to to Spock? Uh, you know, may uh, uh, may your journey be free of incident or something. And then, she, and then he says, "Live it long and prosper." So it's a very Vulcan way that they they say goodbye. But again, we understand that there's so much that occurs between Spock and and uh, and Savick. Even in the in the previous film, we understand that there is this 
uh, this, this student-mentor type right. of relationship yeah, between yeah, yeah. the two of them. Um, and as you mentioned, yeah, there was a, an idea that maybe we would see the character of Savick again maybe in a later yeah. film, but it, it turned into a different character, yeah. Mm. Makes me think maybe we should watch four again, Jamie, because watching <laughs> that, I was like, what's happening? Who are these people? What's going on here? So we definitely got we a little out of order wrong. with it, yeah. Right. So in the meantime, the, the uh, Klingons go down to Genesis. They're looking around, and they capture this tiny baby Spock, and <laughs> they capture Savick, and they capture Kirk's son. Uh, yes, the there's Vulcans, a, too. Yeah, there's a brief skirmish. Or not the Vulcans, the Klingons. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, so there's a brief skirmish, and then Christopher Lloyd calls Kirk. And he's like, hey, dude. Or wait, I think Kirk calls. And then he intercepts a call. And he's like, hey, we got some prisoners down here. If you want to see them again, maybe I'll surrender your ship or whatever. And P.S., I'll totally kill them. And if you don't believe me, I'll totally kill them. Yeah. And he does. Like, one of his guys, one of his goons goes down and basically makes to kill Savick. But Kirk's son intervenes. And then there's a brief fight. And then Kirk's yeah. son is killed, and it oh. is quite the job of acting in this scene. Oh, it's another moment. It's a, he falls down. He it's falls a huge down. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is huge. And we also get, like, amazing reaction shots from the other members of the crew that are sitting there. I mean, it's just, it's stunned silence by them, but... Everybody seems so impacted by this. And I know, listen, it's his kid. I get it. That's horrible. He just met this kid. And also some members of this crew I don't think ever met this kid. But well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a weighty moment in a movie that's already had so many heavy moments in it. Well, and there's there's a heaviness too because the it's his son that created this planet, right? Mm -hmm. And now this planet yeah. is kind of, it's, I, she, she even looks at him and the the I forget her name. I'm so sorry. The Vulcan lady is what I'll call her. Savick. She looks at him and Savick. Yes, she looks at him and she said, "You you did this and you knew. Yeah. You're just like your father. You you wanted to just be whatever. You wanted to do your thing, and so you you skipped ahead some steps and you didn't think yeah. about how this planet could impact other people and other things. You just and he kind of has a moment where he's like, "I know I didn't. You're right. I'm sorry. I." I'm the reason this planet, I thought it was going to be amazing, and I didn't think everything through. And so when they're going to kill somebody, you know, they, they do this little dance around the oh three of them God, with a knife. And I so like the little, the little Spock boy is like, I don't know, maybe I want to die. I don't even know what this is. I'm just yeah. really a body. A feral animal yeah. at this point. <laughs> So he's just like looking like, I don't know. And I kind of wanted him to like grab the knife and go crazy and be like, Arr! but he's not. He's, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so when... When he dies, it's this weird moment, just the, the emotion for, for, for Kirk and for the, the, the crew and everything, but because he, he dies on the, on the planet that he created, he dies at the hands of the, I don't know, it was, yeah. and it's, he admits, before he dies, he does admit, like, I, I did this he, and I made a mistake. Yeah. He talks yeah. to Kirk and he's like, I totally messed this planet up. Like, this yeah, was yeah. a big yeah. mistake on Yeah, he point. says it on the, like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. going to work. Genesis is oh. a disaster. And for you think he's kind of saying that at first for, for the, um, 
for the Klingons. Like, right. yeah, you guys don't want it here. It's not going to work. Wink, wink. Yeah. It's really not a good thing. But it truly is. It's not, you know, he's, he's made some turn, errors. Everyone's like, Klingons, you don't want this. Yeah, this exactly. is a mess. Ixnay like, on the Enesis J. It's so no good. Yeah. It's said, and it's really great. Yeah, and, and actually, the the idea of the the idea, as you mentioned, Doug, earlier, which is the idea of Genesis is twofold. Mm -hmm. First, it's the creation of a planet, mm -hmm. which is one part, but the other part that's part of it, the destruction of a planet. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the creation of the planet, right, it doesn't work. The Genesis, uh, it, Genesis is a failure because what was it? As you say, Jamie, what is it? Uh, he used uh, proto matter. Yes. What, what's proto matter? Oh, proto matter is the substance that's so unpredictable yeah. that every scientist considers to be uh, to, the use of it is unethical because it's it, it's it's something so, so unpredictable. So he used yeah. proto matter, which is like a cheat. It's yeah. like he cheated, and so that's why it's a failure. So therefore, it causes the. Un this is the reason why Genesis, as a planet, when it cr it's created, it's unstable. But that still leaves the question: Can Genesis, the device, as a torpedo? be used for uh, destructive causes and the answer to that still is yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i think in that way it's not to create planets but therefore to destroy planets and mm. so there there still in lies the danger of the genesis device and which the i power, think power exactly alluring yes. to those klingons yes yes and that that's why that's why uh, or that's one of the reasons why uh christopher lloyd is still saying, mm -hmm. you know, you will give me the secrets of the Genesis <laughs> torpedo. Marty! He doesn't say Marty. <laughs> but, he says, sorry, do, sorry, yeah. but he says that. And it, that, so he focuses on the Genesis torpedo, which is the first time, I think, we, we, when we talk about Genesis in all these films, I think that's one of the only times we make reference specifically in dialogue to the Genesis torpedo. And mm. I remember as a kid, I was thinking, what, what is this Genesis torpedo? I never thought of it. And I realized, oh, it's this thing that's the device that, that needs to be launched in order to destroy a planet, planet in order to create a planet. Well, if the created planet is, mm -hmm. is, uh, is unstable, that still leaves the question where it can still destroy a planet. Right. So right. that's why he's focused in on this. And then, uh, so it's not really a, it's, it's not a failure in that sense. Right. It's a failure in the sense of creation, but it's not a failure in the sense of destruction. Ah, you're right, so it's still right. very dangerous, yeah. Marty, the Libyans want the Genesis device. <laughs> <laughs> Run for it, Marty. Yes. <laughs> so okay, we talk about one of the best. I thought I found this exchange not funny because it happens after this really serious moment. But the fact that Kirk's like, all right, I'll give up my ship. Just give me a minute to talk to my crew. And Christopher Lloyd goes, hey, you're a good guy. I'll give you two minutes. Yeah, I, I don't for know you why and your I found that so endearing and and strangely like. Well, he just lost oh, his son. I Maybe that was part son. of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like he was like, I didn't know he was his son, guys. That's <laughs> you, Let's like, give him two minutes. I should give, we'll him, give him two minutes to talk to his crew. For. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, which is at this point, the it's a it's a really it's a really wonderfully established standoff because mm -hmm. we have the Klingon ship, the bird of prey on the one hand, and oh, then yeah. the Enterprise on the other. The Enterprise, as we know, we know it's not, it's not, there's no crew. It's no full right. crew. It's just Kirk and Chekhov, Sulu, and, uh, and Scotty, and Dr. Mm -hmm. McCoy. But that's it. Yeah. They don't have anyone there, but the Klingons don't know they that. Have no the Klingons idea. think that this is a huge, right? Uh, this this huge Federation class starship that they're facing with this huge firepower arsenal, and so that's one of the brilliant 
the tactical points of, of Christopher Lloyd's Scrooge, which is he instinctually understands that he has the upper hand, mm -hmm. right. even though he still thinks that this is a fully, uh, this is a, uh, this has a full crew on. Oh, right. Um, no, no, no. So, yeah, we listen, they have hundreds, if not thousands of people on yeah. the ship. Yeah. We got nobody. We got the upper hand. And that's later on when the... <laughs> When these guys are just running around an empty ship, I found that kind of funny too. Just running down yeah. empty hallways. They're like, nobody's like, here. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. And when they're like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. the computer's talking. It's just saying stuff. Because I, it's counting down. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And like, I love how they like, what? It's counting out. It's nine. Eight, <laughs> what, what is this? What is it? And it's only person. No, get out of there. Guys. Like, what, yeah. what, what is going on? What is this countdown? You know, and they move. Yeah, it's great. It I love it. To yeah. the computer. Oh. Hey, listen to what you're saying. Yeah. So this is the whole plan is that Kirk's got this great plan. He's like, we're going to teleport or beam ourselves down to this planet. Yeah. And then we're going to set the self-destruct. And oh, also the self-destruct buttons or the numbers are zero, 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 which I yeah, yeah. I like so their code. Great. It's like when you have to put in a password, you know, in a computer yes. and you do like obvious ones. And I it's was like, like um, this is the yeah. same password I used on Amazon to rent this movie. And they're using <laughs> it in the movie. Yeah. Again, it's a great it reminds me of Spaceballs, yeah. where the password is one, two, three, four, five. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spaceballs. That's a. That's a. Oh, I, I, I saw that one in the theater as well. I love oh. that. The the the, uh, the, the password too. That's another great callback to an an earlier episode from the series. Mm -hmm. It's that same sequence of mm. of codes. Ah. Uh, code right. Code one one a and one a two b. Code right. Uh, it is uh, it is really great because he sends um, he sends Sulu and uh, why can I never think of the guy's name? Doctor McCoy. Yeah, he sends them down to the uh, you know the beaming room, the teleportation room. So he yeah. only leaves the people there who whose voice the computer needs to put in this exactly. password for self destruct, which is exactly absolutely like it's really great. And as we mentioned earlier, they're on this planet watching their ship yes. the ship we've seen through seasons of a yes. series and through yeah. several movies up to this point just go down in flames and there's yeah. a lot of great scenes in this there's a lot of ships exploding in this and i love how every time a ship blows up they give us a shot like inside of the ship of these small explosions that like throw guys around and then the ship itself <laughs> just blows up it's really, it's really fun that we get those weird little sure. interior shots. You don't normally see that. That's right, exactly. The the destruction of the Enterprise is a huge. I mean, there are two, there are two, like iconic moments. Mm -hmm. There are many iconic moments in this film, but in terms of the Enterprise, probably two of the most iconic Enterprise-related scenes. Okay, the, just to take a step back, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when you think about the f iconic moments in in Star Trek c cinema mm -hmm. there is in the in the motion picture the first one the reveal of the enterprise after all these years and after all the waiting and the refit and then that and and that that wonder i think it's great it's a wonderful slow build up to this majestic mm -hmm. reveal of the enterprise this is huge I, and then the the, the Jerry Goldsmith uh, uh, music on that film beautiful beautiful and then we get um uh, there's a lot of great Enterprise action in, in two, of course, but now we're speaking of three. The two iconic moments with the Enterprise are 
the stealing of the Enterprise, which you spoke about before, and that wonderful build-up with the, uh, the, the the James Horner music and the mm -hmm. and going out of space dock and the opening of the doors and the, the Excelsior closing in and that wonderful uh, snobby uh, 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 Captain Styles of uh, the Excelsior and the wonderful computer <laughs> and the, the open space lounge uh, and the and the way he he what is it he he, he trims his nails and. Oh, oh, great! <laughs> and he's like, and he says, you know, he's and and you're talking about chair scenes, that has a great chair scene with with Kirk, and Styles from the Excelsior saying, and these radios in when just uh, at the point where Kirk is about to warp off. Yeah, he he pushes the button. He says, he knows it's Kirk. He says, Kirk, you know, you do this, you'll never sit in the captain's mm -hmm. chair again. Yes, and yes. then he sits down, and then you see Kirk sit down. He says, warp speed. And, and then they go. And it goes yep. to warp speed. So that's a great one. And then, of course, we know what happens to the Excelsior. And we'll see the Excelsior again in, in, uh, in later films, uh, as well as, the, uh, uh, as, well as uh, the rest of Star Trek lore. So it's a big deal. But that's one moment. And then the second iconic moment, as you referred to here, is the destruction of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is huge. You're right. It, it's, this is the Enterprise. We, we know it was refit. <sighs> But this is the Enterprise that was all the way back from the from yeah. the five year mission, and also uh, uh, the the way it's destroyed. We have the saucer section collapsing, oh, yeah. and the and the numbering it just collapses and it just explodes. But but not just explodes. And then we see the actual ship fly toward the camera, and then yeah. cuts to the ship gliding into the sky, into the atmosphere of the Genesis planet. This is the exact same angle that mm. the, the, the ship would have flown into the, the camera in, during the opening credit sequence of the original oh. series. Ah. The way that flies, shoo, and it goes into yeah. shoo. That, that, that is the exact angle. So it's, it's this final link with the, the, the original series, which even mm. down Beautiful. to the way in which it flies into the camera like that, and it goes in, and then the drum, <laughs> and it goes into that wonderful, that glorious final hurrah, the sad, tragic moment of the Enterprise as it crashes into the, the planet and the, the fire stream and the, and the people are looking on and that, that glorious dramatic music just punctuates the scene. It's, it's, it's epic. It's mm -hmm. truly epic. Yeah. Yeah. So Your retelling was what? truly epic. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, yes! Yeah, yes! Yeah. And, sure. and it's, it's great. And it, it's, it's, it's uh, what's, what Kirk says there is, that, you know, my God, Bones, what have I done? And yes. Bones says it. He says, you know, yeah, oh, I uh, love Bones what you response. always do, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, what you had to do, what you yeah. always do. Yeah. Turn death into a fighting chance to live. And oh, that's, beautiful. that's Kirk. That yeah. is Kirk. And he will nutshell, do anything. Exactly. Yeah. To get it, to get to, 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 to turn something turn this moment which he knows he will lose mm -hmm. into a fighting chance to win yeah. to, to live and that's exactly what Kirk the character is and that's the Kobayashi Maru uh, scenario mm -hmm. this is in fact the reliving of the Kobayashi Maru uh, the Kobayashi Maru scenario that was referred to in the earlier film and it gets a little reference here in, in part three uh, um, the Kobayashi Maru has set sail for the promised land or something like that and so this is, in fact, the, the no-win scenario and how mm -hmm. Kirk is going to deal with the no-win mm -hmm. scenario. 
and he deals with it. Yeah. He, he right? does. His friend has died. His son has died, mm -hmm. and it's what, what and his ship is going to be <laughs> like, taken over. What's he going to do? He turned the no-win scenario into a fighting chance to live. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Because uh, yeah. it would have been really easy. Like his son was just killed. Could have been really easy for him to sacrifice those two other people on Genesis, and to either get out of there or just do a very traditional fight back and just hope for the best or sacrifice himself. But no, he doesn't. He, he saves his crew. He saves the people on the planet. So mm -hmm. they're beamed down to the planet where they sort of easily dispatch the two guards that are holding Savick and the, you know, teenage Spock at this mm -hmm. point. Um, Christopher Lloyd is really broken up about losing his entire crew, basically. Well, and his pet, yeah. yeah and his sure, <laughs> and his pet. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even talk yeah. about the point where he's like early on, he's almost strangled by a weird worm snake. Yeah. Oh, he, but yeah. that's just moments, and then we see yeah. he's very powerful because yeah, he's a Klingon. Totally kills yeah. This thing. And he kills yeah. this thing, and then radios back, and is like, "Everything's fine down here. It's nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing happened here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so he comes down and he's basically like, listen, Kirk, it's you and me. I'm yeah. going to take your crew as prisoners. So he beams them aboard his ship as prisoners. Right, right. And then he and Kirk have, I don't know if they meant to fight, but if it's just because the rock came out of the ground and Christopher Lloyd had to like jump on Kirk, <laughs> that they start this crazy fight. I love it. Oh. Kirk's in a blue or in a pink shirt that yep. like pink he's all kind of dressed fancy like a for a fight yes he does he looks <laughs> like a pirate he yeah. has those maroon yeah. pants on but then he does some acrobats like he flips around yep. and yeah they get in they get into it a bit and then I love it because the, the fight ends and if you want to go into more detail about the fight nope. please do but when the fight ends and Kirk just kicks him in the face kind of it's it's pretty great. It really is him, like, kicking him, like, I have had enough of you. And he <laughs> kicks him, like, over the edge of a cliff. It's really fantastic because Into the somehow, fire of the Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Because somehow he got his radio and he's like, he speaks in Klingon. He's like, uh, yeah, it's me. Yeah. Just uh, beam me back aboard. And they do. Yeah. And they're easily taken over on this ship. It's super fun. And this fight really... Dice K, I don't know the movies that well. I, I only watched the movies I did for this show. I tried to watch The Next Generation. I was not into it. But the old series I loved because it's so goofy and hammy, but also have these overarching, like, philosophical, I, I don't know, ideas behind the episodes and this fight seemed like something right out of an old stupid 60s TV show and that's why I kind of enjoyed it <laughs> well it's also true that they, they had these great fight scenes in the in the Star Trek TV series mm -hmm. as well yeah where, where Kirk would be fighting a certain what you know fighting whatever opponent would be there uh, whether it's the Gorn or there's a moment where he, there's a very famous scene we're talking about Ponfar and, and Vulcan, where he's actually fighting Spock in one of the great episodes. But there, there are some great um, uh, fisticuffs, action sequences mm -hmm. with with Kirk. And so mm -hmm. this is this is another way I think that the film Star Trek Three is very much like the old series. Oh, here is, here's Kirk back on a planet, mm -hmm. uh, fighting, uh, just uh, you know, uh, uh, 
just uh, punching away at each other, just this uh, uh, with with the antagonist, and that so that was a uh, a really exciting thing. As the planet is just destroying itself, as Jamie said, the rock suddenly emerges, yeah, and it's like and you've got the great, um, you know, uh, and I love I love even at the very end how how Crooge, the Christopher Lloyd Klingon is so sharp and so tactical and because Kirk gives it away too much and before he says um, you know he says over there over Kirk and then Kirk and then Kirk's so like That's oh, a really good Kirk's like oh, <laughs> you know Kirk's like um, you should bring the boys no and so why is it because you wish it and so that's why he gives his so that's why exactly so that's what Spock has left behind and then and then uh, Kirk we know Kirk has this great ear for languages and he says yeah. he's like um um uh, sorry about your crew, but as we say on Earth, c'est la vie. <laughs> so, I have what you want. I have the secret of Genesis. You don't have to give me, you have to beam down to find out the secret. What is your answer? <laughs> and then they drop all weapons. Marty! <laughs> so then they have the final There's fight. It's great. Yeah. so great. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to compare yeah. Star Trek to Star Wars because people do it all the time. But this isn't like this isn't George Lucas going out into a desert in whatever the Middle East or something to shoot a movie. Everything in this feels like it's on a sound stage. And I feel like yeah, that's part yeah. of the charm of this. Yeah. Everything feels like a set. Everything feels yeah. constructed. Nothing yeah. feels real. And I kind of like that they did that like but I think early on in these movies, I think that's the thing that I didn't like about it is it didn't Mm. It felt mm. so fake or it felt so set dressed or, or something like that. And maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome, but I feel like at this point I'm kind of coming around on it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Because it, it, this is very much, I mean, it, it's not a location, right? It, it, it's right. right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. This is like a set and there's effects and fire and trees yep. falling and rock. And then they jump onto the, and like... Uh, uh, Just there's like the a, rocks being uh, pushed right. out of the ground and stuff. Yeah. It looks so and I crazy. love the moment, right, when 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 uh, when Christopher Lloyd's got him in the the chokehold and he's lifting up. He's like, "Give me Genesis!" And then all Kirk could do is like just pounce on his shoulders, like, "Oh, oh!" And he's "Oh!" And then they and then he kicks he kicks him in the groin or puts a knee to the groin, yeah, throws him yeah. against the raw, and he just falls down to the cliff below. And then Kirk's like, ah! And he just <laughs> jumps on him. And they're fighting on, and you see the volcanoes and the lava <laughs> in the back. Suddenly, where did all this lava come from? I mean, my goodness, everything is just a, like a pool of lava. And then the cliff yes, falls. Yes, so much. And then yeah. here's a, it's great. And then the moment where, where, where the the rock face. It goes in Kirk's favor because it collapses, or half yes. of it does, and then Crew just hanging on the cliff there, and then this is where Kirk shows his humanity, and he says, "Give me your hand." So this is oh, yeah, this is the Kirk gonna, that uh -huh. we would know. He wouldn't uh, down his opponent. He said, "I'm going to save you," but then oh no, what he does is he grabs his foot and he falls. Oh, I'm going to take you down with me, and then Kirk's like, "Oh," and you're right. It's the great line. This is the line when he when Kirk says this line to Crew at the very end. This is. I don't know about you, but I've had it up to here with COVID-19. I hate COVID-19. I hate it. So this is exactly what I want to say when COVID-19, like, is, like, we're done with it. This is exactly what I always say to COVID-19. I agree. I have had enough of you. That's exactly what I want to say with COVID-19. Oh, it's gone. Yes, oh, yes. Oh. 
Uh, and let it burn in the fire. Let it burn yeah. in the depths. His let the lava come up to it. The uh, way that the, the kicks to the face line up with each yeah. word that ends the phrase. It's, yes. it's so great and it's so like goofy cinematic and, and yeah. just like not what you expect from this either because I expected... First of all, I didn't expect him to offer his hand to him. He killed his kid. Like, right. I expected Kirk to yeah. be a big jerk here, but he's not, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was just such a such a climactic scene where you, where you anticipate at some point that something's going to be a big letdown this movie. It's like, that was not a letdown. He just no. killed him. Now he's going to take over his whole ship. And yeah. he does just, like, take over the whole ship. And I love how at one point... the um, Sulu's like, I think I got this ship under my control. What do I do now? And Kirk looks at him. He's like, You drive, you idiot. Like, what, <laughs> what, 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 are, what are we doing here? Go, 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 go. Yeah. yeah. And they do go, they go back to yeah. Vulcan. Yeah. And I'm sorry, um, Dice K, I don't know. Do you have like, a, do you have to like leave in ten minutes? <laughs> no. Let's let's. Um, no, we can extend this to uh, to. Uh, I'm free until about 9:30. Okay, okay. that's fine. Yeah. So, okay. right. so we don't have to go that long, but don't. Yeah, yeah don't. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very okay. much for the consideration. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't minding the but time. But they Good job. go. Let's get into this because they go to Vulcan because mm -hmm. they have. We we did see that um, Spock aged to the perfect age that he is. Yeah, now, he's ripened <laughs> to, to real Spock. He's ripened <laughs> for us <laughs> to, <laughs> to real life Spock. Worked out perfectly for yeah. everyone involved. Uh huh. Uh huh. They we do don't have awkward take... teenage Spock. We don't have adorable little quiet boy Spock. No. Right? We've got full-grown Spock. Yep. So they have to take he and McCoy back to Vulcan, and they do. And there's a crazy, I'm going to call it a robe and hat ceremony, which is fantastic. And yeah. this woman, I like how this woman uh, basically says to Spock's father, like, so uh, what do you want to do? And he goes... Maybe we could bring him back to life or something. And she's like, "What? That's crazy!" And I'm like, she's, she's like, "We haven't done that for like, years, and it barely worked then." What do you mean? Like, basically, that's what she tells him. Like, you want to do the, that that refusion thing? Yeah. Well, we didn't really. That didn't. We don't know for sure that it's going to work. And I was like, and "What are the other options?" Where you asked him what he wants yeah. to do? How many different things could possibly happen here at this ceremony? Well, I guess it could just be like a traditional. Burial, Vulcan like okay, burial. yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, it's it. This is this is again one of the great things about this because this is an, a, a furtherance of the the Star Trek mythology mm -hmm. of Vulcan and what it is and mm -hmm. and the planet because we don't this right we haven't seen the planet. Well, I guess we did. We saw a little bit of the planet at the at the start of the of the first film, mm -hmm. the motion picture. With the whole thing about the the colonar, and uh, and uh, the the great hairstyle of Spock in that film, we get a little bit of colonar <laughs> Spock at the end of this film. But but the yeah, but you're right. And then and then the the uh, uh, the 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 actor, the the person who plays this this high Vulcan priestess, is uh, right. This is. Very oh, yeah. famous Judith Anderson. Yeah, yeah. like she Jane. came to uh, yeah. retirement or something, or yeah. she didn't want to yeah. do this, yeah. and she's like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
Right about, yeah, I, I can't do it, but it's it's <laughs> wonderful, and it's just it's She's great. Very I'm, regal, I'm just, yeah. exactly. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, just uh, I'm I'm wow. This is like this would you like this would be a great. We talk about double features, uh, Wrath of Khan and uh, Search for Spock. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, forget that. Watch uh, Hitchcock's Rebecca, and then watch <laughs> Search for Spock. And that's a great double feature. It's just wow. This is wow. my goodness. Like. But uh, that you're right. This is a, a one of the one of the, the the great ways to end a film. I mean, you have this 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 series which has these explosions and fights mm-hmm. and exploding planets and Klingons and the destruction. And now we have this very almost uh, like this very quiet and mysterious ceremony. Yeah, like We're not witchcraft. quite sure how it works. Yeah. Exactly, or something, or yeah. some kind of, it's described as Vulcan mysticism early yes, in the film. Yes, yes. And it's not quite sure, and, and even, you're right, even the Vulcans are like, well, I, I don't even know if this is gonna work. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I love it too, because so, <laughs> in order for it to happen, yeah. Bones has to be a part of it. And so they exactly. finally are like, so Bones, do you agree? And Bones says, "Of course I agree." And then he's like, "But it's a hell of a time to ask me. Like you're kind of putting me on the spot. Like, okay, everybody wants to do it. Spock's dad wants to do it. This high priestess woman is like, okay, if this is what you want to do, I'll do it." And they're like, "Bones, do you want to?" And he's like, "Well, I mean, I guess I have no choice." He's already on yeah. the plane with the parachute, yeah. and everyone else has jumped. And they're like, "Are you uh, you gonna do this? You ready? You're up? gonna do it? Yeah. It's your choice, though. It's totally right. up to you. It's up to you. We'll land <laughs> yeah. this plane right now. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, but we'll do it." <laughs> and this it's is a also time to ask. like yeah. an all-night process too, which I think is absolutely great because the entire night goes by. We see the sun is rising. Everyone seems exhausted. They've been there all night. I assume the people doing this ceremony have been taking coffee breaks. All of the Vulcans are very into it, right? Their eyes are all closed. And I love it because everybody that's a part of the crew, they're all just looking around at the sky like, wow, this is crazy. Look at what we're a part of here. This is wild stuff. If it was just lava, it would look just like Genesis here. And I remember this the, the moment, you're right, it takes a long time, and all the Vulcans, mm-hmm. are cl- their eyes closed, yeah, and they're, they're concentrating, like a state, and everyone else yeah. is like, what's, what's going yeah. on? And there's a moment, I remember this so clearly, which is, it, it, there's a slow fade in, and you've got a shot, it, it, it's a sort of a, a pan, I think, and, and you've got a shot of uh, Scotty looking at, looking to his side looking and who's he looking he's looking at Savick yeah and Sa- right. and it goes to Savick on, on her face and her eyes are closed and she's concentrating mm-hmm. and I remember as a, just a, a, a little boy watching this uh, watching I don't remember exactly the the, the, the the theater experience but I have these memories and every mm-hmm. time I see this scene I think oh this is the moment as a little boy when I fell in love with Robin Curtis, this, uh, just, that was like one of my one of my on-screen crushes, and it happened right at this moment. She, I thought she was just was just so beautiful in that moment. She's concentrating. Yeah, yeah. And it's just she's she and all the rest of the Vulcans are just concentrating, mm-hmm. trying to do this. And as as uh, as uh, the as the Vulcan priestess says, we don't know. This is only in yeah. legend. We don't even know if yeah. this is going to work. But let us try, and, and right. there is a danger, as you say, mm-hmm. to to Doctor McCoy. He could, I mean, die. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And he says, "I choose mm. the danger." And so it's this yeah. long ceremony, and it's 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 long, and it, it's got the great slow movements and the the fades and the lovely build up mm. of the music, and then and then it opens up 
to a new day, a new dawn. Mm. We're not quite sure what happens, but it's mm. it's really a, a, a mag majestic yeah. uh, way to end. It's a very quiet, almost. Uh, it's it's an it's almost an odd choice because you have, as I say, a oh, film that could battles. have ended with this huge explosive yeah. set piece, but it ends with this quieter moment, arguably. Mm -hmm. But of course, mm. at the same time, it's not quiet. It's a huge, huge deal because right. this is the moment we've been waiting for, which is the return, return of Spock. Spock right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I had a similar feeling about Kirstie Alley on Cheers where I fell in love with Kirstie Alley on Cheers so I was more excited to see her although she has a I'm going to say disturbing Twitter presence as of late so maybe my love for Kirstie Alley has not remained so but are you going to talk about is is uh oh I guess I don't know yeah. look look who's talking oh yeah I think look who's talking is 89 right yeah okay. I think it I is think. yeah Blind I date? I think she's in Blind Date. Look who's I, talking, I'm, I think it's I'm just I'm just naming Kirstie Alley movies I might be aware of at this point. <laughs> okay. Kirstie Alley's Look Who's Talking, 1989. Oh, 89, okay. okay. All right. Great. George Seagal, he's the father of uh, that kid. Just I'm, just I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> just a little bit of a... Listen, we had that on VHS. I watched it an awful lot. Okay. So and also. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The uh, and also Leonard Nimoy films. Have you spoken oh, about Three Men and a Baby? That was yes, very early. Yes, that was actually, yeah, okay. and I don't know if I did this on purpose. That was our third episode. Was Three oh, Men. Oh, Three Men and a Baby, number really three. A long time ago. Yeah. So we did Three Men and a Baby, Star Trek Three, Star Trek Four. I don't yeah. know what else Nimoy directed. The 80s, so yeah. but that that three men in a bay that's another one I saw in the theater as a kid. Did <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah, that's a great I remember that there was a yeah, the, what is it? Oh, oh, he did a doodle, right? Yeah, 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 or she, sorry, she basically talk yeah. about their apartment yeah. for an hour and a half. I think oh, that's all because it was a pretty episode. fun apartment for three bachelors, they had a great oh, little a pad great, there, yeah, yeah. Great Gosh, yeah. that is that is such a great. Oh, you're absolutely and right. And Tom Selleck's yeah. mustache. I talk extensively about his mustache. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, pretty I know great. You're a big Tom <laughs> that is such a great movie. Anyway, so, I'm sorry. So yeah, so. I love it. We got off the Enterprise <laughs> to hang out with three men and a baby. But you know what? We got off on okay. too many tangents. <laughs> we can get off on as many tangents as we want at the end of this. Um, basically, Spock is reborn. Yep. His consciousness <laughs> is put back into his body. And He's a little like a new, like a newborn, like, you know, a giraffe, a little unsteady yeah. on his legs. He's like, I think I remember you it guys. Is, and he looks at is, everyone like. It's um, weird how he turns around as a guy who's wearing the white thing. He's in that like terry like, cloth robe. Yeah. It's me. I was here the whole time. It's a really yeah. weird reveal. And as we said earlier, he sort of walks around and looks at each and every crew member. Mm -hmm. What I have to say, and this is a criticism of the, I, I'm going to say the writing of this film, he doesn't <clears throat> really say anything to McCoy. Like, I expected something to be said here to McCoy. McCoy was housing him, and these two razz each other and go back and forth for a long yeah. time now, and there's nothing. Like, there's absolutely no interaction between the two of them because he goes up to Kirk because the movie has to end. But right. I was so surprised that there was nothing there. That's a really good point. 
Although there is this moment early on mm -hmm. when they're on the Klingon ship after they've left Genesis, but they're on their way to Vulcan. Mm -hmm. And it's McCoy sitting alone in the room with, with Spock. And Spock's not yes. laying there. Yeah, and and uh, there's that lovely moment where it's it's Spock is is uh, not saying anything. You you see his eyes kind of open yeah. a little bit, but then uh, McCoy said, you know, I I think I missed you. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there is that moment exchanged there, where it's, it's just, the two of them. I guess I just wanted some reciprocation because yeah. even yeah. if it was just that's a, a good point. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Like that's all you need to do at that point. I like Spock saying to him. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. it. Paid it off, fantastic. But it, it really yeah. is, it's such an emotional and wonderful point at the end of this movie when the two yeah. of them sort of, it's a weird thing that Spock has to say, like, uh, my dad said you're my friend, so like, <laughs> yeah. is that cool? Like, I think that's a bit strange, but the interaction between the two of them really is such a payoff for the entire movie. And yeah. Jamie, mm. I it's been not too long. Remember Night Shift? Remember the movie about yeah. a prostitution ring and a bunch of corpses? Yeah. Remember the amount of times they played That's What Friends Are For? I oh, know yeah. it would be entirely inappropriate for the end of Star Trek <laughs> to play that it. song. But it. in a strange way, I was like, Keep on why wouldn't you do this? Keep smiling, knowing. Because he can. Spock yes. now knows he can always count on Jim. Because Spock looks at he says, Jim, your name is Jim. Yeah. And it's this beautiful, like, yeah. yeah, Spock's back. He knows. He knows. And yeah, if we could just get a little instrumental. Keep smiling. Keep shining. Beautiful. An instrumental where I'm like, I don't know. Is this? It is. is. It's, 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 that's okay. what friends are for. It's a lot of that's what, but maybe, yeah. okay. Yeah, then, I thought that was the only thing that maybe could have made the ending of this a little bit better. But a it, little friends yeah. or four reaction. It yeah. really is, and just now we've seen four, and four really—it's uh, been yeah. so long since we've seen it. But it, four really feels like we're getting the band back together, Spock. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. To do this, we're gonna go save some whales, and I remember you and I watching that movie originally, not having any idea what was going on. And just being like, I don't know, whatever, they're saving whales. We, right, it's right. It's really nice to now have these two movies leading up to To that. piece it up, right, to piece it out to there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the question that I have is, so you've seen also The Wrath of Khan. Right. Mm -hmm. How did you feel at the end of The Wrath of Khan about what happens to Spock at the end of that film? Uh, Jamie, I'll let you go first because oh, your sad. answer will be more emotional and uh, not silly like mine will be. I was sad. I no, I I was sad. I enjoyed the Wrath of Khan. I, mm -hmm. When we when we watched it, I I I enjoyed it for goofier reasons, and it was a lot more action packed. But I have to say, and I guess I'm spilling this into my uh, feelings on this movie. Mm -hmm. I was sad at the end of Wrath of Khan, but I enjoyed watching it, and I enjoyed talking about it. I really liked this movie. I really mm. liked the um, finding Spock. I really liked the. You were saying at the beginning, Doug, that that you know you didn't like the subdued portrayal of Captain mm -hmm. Kirk. I loved Captain Kirk in this. I loved seeing, mm. like I said, I, his grief process and what he what he did. And I love. I'm 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 taken to um, 
putting these little sticket notes on my mirror, you know, like little self, you know, like have mm-hmm. a great day and you're going to be great and da da da. And that little line about, um, oh, I, we wrote it down, we said it. I'll um, kill you uh, later. You put no, that on your mirror? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. No, <laughs> about three. He's like, well, this doesn't seem good at all. Uh. Turning death into a fighting chance to live. I mean, yes, yes you turn, yes. you you make, you know, you, t- you take lemons and make lemonade and you take, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I really enjoyed this movie. But I also, I, like I said, I enjoyed um, The Wrath of Khan, but for different reasons. And the, it was goofier to me, The Wrath of Khan, yeah. even though I know as a Star Trek fan, it was intense. But um, for me as a viewer of it, I was like, this movie is crazy. Pretty goofy. But this I mean, movie I, was deep and loving and sweet and, I liked it. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think, and I will, I'll give my sort of final thoughts here, too. I, 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 I think I enjoyed this one more than either of the other two that we've watched. Yeah, yeah. Because, mm. and, and I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that those movies weren't good, but I just, with those, I don't think I knew what I was watching. Like I said, I mm. watched the original series, and I really liked the original series, and I felt like I kind of wanted something tongue-in-cheek, and kind of silly and since the movies Mm -hmm. weren't that i wasn't into them but Mm. so i'm not saying this is better than two or better than four i just feel like i'm finally understanding what these movies are and so they're Mm. connecting more like i feel like if i watch two again i'd like it more than i did originally if i watch four again i'd like it more than i did originally and it's just taken Six hours for me to get to that point, I'm going to say. Well, my husband recommended, which I think you said, Daisuke, about watching the the two together, two and three, watching them kind of back to back and watching them seamlessly flow into each other. Um, Maybe that's a little self-care Saturday for you, DP. (laughs) Because because the, 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 the question or like the fundamental issue that I think is at the heart of part three or uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. I love the film. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love yeah. this film. Yeah. And I love all the, I love the details. I love the Klingon language. Mm-hmm. I mean, we mentioned a little bit earlier, I, 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 I have to say, you know, the, the way that Christopher Lloyd speaks Klingon, it's wonderful. There's the, the, the when he says, you know, Maltz, Choi, Chu. And then I love how Kirk mimics it later. To, yeah. to pretend yep. like he's the cat, he's the yeah. he's Maltz, Chu. So every time I always think, I just walk around and every even now, every I don't do it every day, but every but it's now and again I'll be yeah, walking around, I'll be saying you know Maltz, Chu, and and you know my wife is looking at me like what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, well I'll explain later. I haven't explained it to her yet, You're but I'll have to show her. Yelling at your with kid at swim yeah. practice and yeah. she's like, Dad, yeah. stop it. Oh, this is embarrassing. And you get all this Klingon like Copla, uh, you know, uh, success and yeah. and uh, uh, I can't do it. Maybe I'll, I'll oh, and then they, they get out of their uh, um, uh, the cloaking device. But that's that's so I love this film. I love this film so much. Yeah. But but in that way, I still acknowledge the fundamental um, the fundamental uh, issue with this film, which is the way in which it brings back Spock. Now, mm. as you say, the, the bringing back Spock, that's the whole hook of this mm-hmm. film. It, it needs to bring back Spock. Spock is too big of a character to do this. However, gone, right. exactly, it does, it does arguably. Now, I'm not sure if it does, but the argument is that it, well, actually, it, it does in a way. It does diminish mm. the power 
of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan because that mm -hmm. is a very powerful film mm -hmm. because of what happens to Spock at the end of that film. Mm -hmm. Now, watching it, watching it now, when you know that part three or Star Trek III The Search for Spock is there, there is a sense of, of comfort because you know it's, it's, it's going to be okay later in another sure. film. Yeah. So in that way, it's good because it continues on the series and it continues on the story of Star Trek, which right. is great. However, another argument is that it does arguably diminish the power of uh, Star Trek to the Wrath yeah. of Khan. So I don't, I don't know how you, how you feel about it. I mean, maybe that's just the inherent nature of sequels. I mean, we know that a sequel exists and we know that now. So this something is part else of a is going to happen, right? Or like exactly. Spock's going to come back, of course. Yeah. The next one is the finding yeah. him, yeah. Returning. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, so I don't know how you feel about that. It, it's tough because I, I feel like now retroactively, I find it kind of refreshing because now I feel like in TV shows, if you think about something like Game of Thrones, the whole deal with that is we're going to kill off characters that you love. So yeah, isn't yeah. that the thing you want to keep coming back for? And there's something really nice about being like, yeah, he's dead, but you know what? He's not really dead. He's like one of the most popular characters in yeah, the yeah. show. You can't kill him. And we're going to have an entire movie bringing back, resurrecting a character that everybody loves. Like, I, mm. I feel like there's something so, mm. I don't want to say yeah. innocent or refreshing about that, but it is kind of nice. Like, there's something mm. to just get behind and be like, yeah, this is great. Like, this is so uplifting and Sure. I mean, even at the time, I'm sure people watched two and were really upset by it. But I would imagine most people were like, well, they're going to make another one. And everybody loves Spock. Like, you can't get rid yeah. of it. You could kill off Chekhov. And I'm not saying nobody would care, but almost nobody would care. <laughs> and so, But you couldn't do that with Spock. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, that's, that's a really good point about... The fact that this is, I mean, I guess now that every time I hear that, that discussion point, I, I agree with it. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I also acknowledge that still Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, that is a very powerful way to end. Mm -hmm. That is still sure. so powerful. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I would think, yes, I know in the back of my mind Spock's going to come back. So maybe, I, maybe it, it, it's less powerful in that way but it's still quite powerful so yeah. instead of it being 100% powerful yeah. it's still maybe say 70% powerful and, and it's still, it's, you're right that anticipation yeah. of the 30% of him coming back that makes this film yeah. uh, The Search for Spock so much fun and you see the gang back together it's yeah. really tough for you know the two of us to watch that for the first time now it, yeah. when we watch it 2020 and for us to realize well they made another what six seven eight movies like right. he's in it like we knew at the end he wasn't totally dead so it's really tough to imagine what it would be like at the time um mm. but uh yeah so that's that's my thought um mm. jamie yeah at the end of this podcast in case people don't know we give recommendations oh yeah may or may not have to do with this movie if there's anything tangentially related great you got a space movie do it but if it's something you recently saw that you want to recommend, go right ahead. Jamie, I'm going to start with you. I'm all right. All right. Start with me. Well, uh, I was trying to think what, what 
kind of movie I had seen recently that made me think about this movie. Mm-hmm. So instead of just, which I often do, we'll, we'll just recommend a random thing. I was trying to think of my favorite Genesis or Phil Collins song, okay, but great. I couldn't think of, of one that related to this movie, so I didn't go with that. But mm-hmm. the movie, the very sweet Pixar movie. You just movie, want people to go out and just be like, practice the drums and also try and sing. Some air drums, just do your best, right? No, that very sweet Pixar movie that came out, I think, last year, that movie Soul, mm-hmm. about the, mm. the little piano singer, the jazz singer that dies and then has to search for his soul. It kind of reminded me, because of Spock and missing his sort of soul and the misplacement, of, that would be my recommendation. I know this, I enjoy this movie so much, I think sometimes when I enjoy what I see, recommendations don't come as easily to me, because I'm like, but I, I guess my recommendation would be watch this movie. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, that was my in, my instant go-to was well, that movie Soul was very sweet. After you're done watching Star Trek Three, watch Soul. Yes. Is what you're saying? Okay, <laughs> great. Yes. All right. Dice, anything you want to recommend? Oh goodness, there's so many. Um, I suppose uh, maybe. Uh, gosh, um, it's a horror movie, so I'm not sure if it's to everyone's tastes, right? But mm-hmm. there's the the horror film called Halloween and oh. I mentioned Halloween the John Carpenter film because uh, there is a, the, the whole thing about how William Shatner's face was the oh yeah the, the, uh, the kind of the, the right exactly for what uh, was the mask that was used in that mm. film and there is a moment in Star Trek 3 where they're clearing space they're, they've cleared the space doors of space dock and and uh, Sulu says we have cleared space doors and this moment where Kirk is looking out, and it's just this, he's mm-hmm. he's he's inert, and I could swear this is the most Michael Myers <laughs> of that I've seen in the Star Trek film. So every time I, this is Michael Myers, and there's a moment in my, in the in Halloween awesome. where you get a close up of the mask, and I think, oh, this is exactly there what, is, what yeah. Kirk was in Star Trek Three that moment. So that that link That's always awesome. happens in my mind. So That's this is Space Doc. And uh, and I think of uh, the space talk scene. Oh, this is Michael Myers when he's on the phone, yeah. and he's like, you know, he picks up the phone. He's like, oh, and then puts it back. Uh, that's that's the moment. Excellent. So Halloween is a is a great companion piece. So Halloween and uh, I mentioned uh, Rebecca too, the Hitchcock yeah. film. Okay. So, ha- John okay. Carpenter's Halloween, and then Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca because of the links to Star Trek III. and Excellent. also Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's Excellent. great that you should bring up Halloween because I never. Like, I knew that his face was basically the mask. I never saw it. Like, I never understood, like, I never saw him in that mask. I, 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 I don't know. Like, I understand. Mm-hmm. It's got to be true, sure. But I never looked at that mask and was like, well, yeah, clearly. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe everybody else looks and gets it. I don't know. Uh, my recommendation is a recent movie from 2018. Uh, I believe it's called Aniara. I mm. think that's what it's called. It's a it's a space movie, so that's how it Ooh. relates. It's okay. basically a transport of a bunch of people who are going from Earth to Mars, and their ship is hit by like an asteroid or debris or something, mm. and sort of thrown off course. So something that should have taken uh, three months takes question mark amount of days oh. for them to get there, and it is a just to let people know it is a wildly depressing movie because it's oh. basically a movie about people that realize they're on a ship they're going to die what do they do to basically kill time oh. so 
It's super sad, but it's a space movie that I recently saw that, that I really enjoyed, so I thought okay. I'd recommend. Yes. Um, so, Dice K, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I, we're, we're so happy that you took time to come and talk to us. And listen, you got a YouTube channel. you got things going yeah. on. Why don't you tell people where they could find you, what's going on, anything you want to plug? Oh, thank you. So, well, well, thank you so much for inviting me, uh, Jamie and Doug. This has been so much fun. And thank you very mm -hmm. much for letting me indulge myself <laughs> in all these comments. So I apologize. Never Don't apologize. What are you doing? No, don't, you apologize. don't apologize. So but it was so much fun. And uh, the... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I... Uh, well, I... I, I do have a YouTube channel. It's called Daisuke Beppu. Mm -hmm. It's an original name, but uh, uh, but I and but I do want to say that um, let me just take the opportunity here to say that th it was uh, like th this kind of discussion uh, with the two of you and uh, the uh, just being a part of the great the greatness that is. Uh, uh, your podcast and how you're keeping the 80s spirit alive. This is a real honor. And I mean this is that. too much. This I mean, is yeah. too no, 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 because, much. What are you doing? Because, you know, because the, you know, the, the 80s is such an important part of my life, obviously, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, sure. I'm a kid of the 80s. But yeah. it was this like talking about a film like this from the 80s. It's not just an 80s film. It is an 80s mm -hmm. film, but it's not just an 80s film for me. Oh, it yeah. is a film that means so much. Yeah. Because it started, inarguably, in a lot of ways, it started my film journey. And so, you know, this is this period of what you're talking about, the '80s films. I mean, they're 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 all over the place. Mm -hmm. they're yeah, fun, they are. And they're they're <laughs> they're they're some some of them are fun, some of them are you know kind of crap, you know. And it's sure. Uh, and and but it's that's the that's the greatness of this period. And it's 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 a period where I, I don't know. It, it's not. It, I don't know if it can be repeated ever again in history. It no. might come close, but it can never be repeated. Mm -mm. So that's why I, I just I love what it is you're doing, mm -hmm. and you are just you you provide me and a lot of people with great inspiration, and uh, just, you know how if if people have to uh, find out how it's done, you know we can look at your podcast oh. work and see this is how it's done. This is how to talk about the eighties. It's 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 fun and it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyed. And I had a blast talking today so so i want to say that thank you very much for for always maintaining a sense of uh, of uh, inspiration and, and a great setting a great example for uh, how to talk about 80s movies and how to talk about movies in general gosh this is, this is so much fun. thank us oh my god that yeah. was so nice but yes everybody Seriously. go into your internet browser Type in Daisuke Beppo. Find his YouTube <laughs> channel. I, I love it. I love... Listen, you have great guests. I think that's fantastic. Um, these sort of long-form uh, interviews or discussions you have with people. But also, when you're just sitting alone talking about a singular movie or a collection of movies, I absolutely love it. So everybody should check out what you do online. It's, it's super great. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. And we, we must continue the conversation it doesn't have to be about police academy <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about you're going to be on for the next police academy you're going to be on for star trek 5 so bone up on that stuff we will yeah get ready advanced warning but 
Be ready. I'm looking forward to Star Trek V. I think that's uh, that's a tough film to talk about, yeah. but uh, it's it's uh, it's I I uh, I saw that in the theater as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, there, I think there's a lot of uh, great things to say about that film, I and also Police Academy. Um, did you ever see any of the Police Academy films in the theater? By the way, I don't. I haven't seen any in the theater. I guarantee okay. you, I okay. saw almost all of them on tape, though. I okay. did. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see anything. I I saw. I remember. What is it? Um, uh, uh, one of the great early memories of my childhood is Police Academy Four. In, in the, the theater? theater. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, oh goodness. Police Academy. <laughs> Citi was Citizens your mom on taking Patrol. you to all of these? Was it your yeah, mom taking yeah. you well, to all? That, that was the point where Citi Police Academy became. It, it like it, it was very raunchy at the start of the mm -hmm. series. Like really raunchy, and then it yeah. gradually became PG. Right. Fair around Police Academy th 3 yeah. and then uh, Police Academy 3, Police Academy 4. So Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, yes. Cop, and then Citizens, citizens, uh, citizens, citizens on Patrol. Yes, yeah, so that's, I'm sorry, that, that's a see, Citizens on Patrol reference. See what happened, so Jamie? I'll bet he didn't do Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwait impressions in front of his parents, so they were willing to take him to the theater. And your mom was like, uh-uh, none of this. We none gotta cut that. her off. We gotta cut her off. Yeah. Uh, so, so everybody again thanks for listening Jamie we're done with I mean for the time being we're done with uh, sidekicks we're done with that's guests right. and next episode's my birthday pick that's right so I, uh, I take a be? different route than you with birthday picks you tend to choose movies that you really like yes. I tend to choose movies I haven't seen before but right. I've either heard are terribly entertaining or I'm just interested in seeing so I'm going to run a few actors by you. Uh, okay. Tell me what you think. So if I was to tell you we were going to watch a movie with Mimi Rogers, would that do anything? No. Beep, beep, Okay. Beep. All right. Uh, what if she was married in the movie to uh, Michael McKeon? Anything? No. No. Okay, maybe. Fine. All right. No. So what if it's a movie about a couple that moves into a house with a crazy man who lives in the attic that they are unaware of? Who's the crazy man? Uh, it's Gary Busey. Yes. So, yes. So we are going to watch a movie that okay. never got a theatrical release because the company that made it went bankrupt. Oh. It is called Hider in the House, which is a terrible name for a movie. But that's the next one we're going to talk about. All right. He's a hider of the house. He, okay. Yes, he's hiding in the attic, Excellent. in the walls, and all sorts of stuff. It sounds great. Um, so that's the movie we're going to talk about next time. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Dice K. And for everybody else, we will talk to you again in two weeks. Many thanks. All right. All right. Thank you.
because I like to stay all natural, but sometimes summer heat says people don't want you to smell when you're around them. 